He's an author and a rock star. He's reached highs that most can only dream of. He's also hit lows you wouldn't wish on your worst enemy. And now he's ready to share that journey and that truth with you on Grind Time with Darren McCarty. Please welcome your host, number 25, Darren McCarty. Yes, yes, yes. It's a Wednesday, May 8th. I guess 722 is 7-ish, Perry, because you're on the freaking phone, but I don't I don't blame you because you brought us. This is a Perry Vellucci production at its finest tonight. This grind time edition with Darren McCarty. Yes, I'm your host, Darren McCarty, four-time Stanley Cup champion. And Perry, now I know why your golf game's struggling so early in the season. Because you have brought me a pretty dang good guest list today. I'm happy to have done that. You, you are. You, you, you actually tickled. We, when we talked about this, uh, it couldn't just from even talking before. It's really uh, brought to my pleasure. Uh, again, I'm Darren McCarty, joined by oh, the infamous, the famous, the whatever you want to call him, but he is uh, one of the Bellucci brothers, Mr. Perry Bellucci. Thanks for joining me, Perry, as always. Thank you, Matt. And Shawn Michaels, good to see you. Oh, actually, it was Bret Hart or somebody on the uh, ones and twos. Always uh, great. Um, let me introduce uh, our guest without further ado. Uh, you know, when it comes to hockey royalty, I guess, in Michigan. See, what do I think of hockey royalty? Um, well, it reminds me of growing up in Leamington, uh, going to the rinks, and, and I didn't have any brothers, but, you know, lineage of usually guys on my team had brothers that were a couple years older and brothers that were a couple years older or brothers that were a couple years younger. And what I mean by uh, lineage is the family that you – uh, when they say community, it takes a community to raise a child. Well, the hockey community is no different. And uh, now entering, going into the conference finals, obviously in the Eastern Conference, uh, we have the Boston Bruins uh, facing the Carolina Panthers. Hurricanes. Or, oh, yeah, the Carolina <laughs> Hurricanes, yeah. Let's focus on hockey. Uh, that's it. That, I know. I'm, 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 I'm on football. I'm on, oh. Thank you, Perry. That's a good save right there. I, you know, they're a bunch of jerks. What can I say? But <laughs> love them. But uh, thanks for joining me, Mr. Kyle Krug, uh, Mr. Adam Krug, uh, the father and the brother of number 47, Tori Krug, Sparty, for all you people out there, defenseman, uh, one of my favorite players in the NHL because he plays with so much heart at such a not great stature. Um, you know, that was, <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, we were mentioning it before. He does have a. Uh, we were talking earlier because uh, we've uh, Tori's played with Jerome McGinley and I played with Jerome McGinley, um, one of my favorite people. Uh, when the when I tell you how great it is because when somebody says, "Oh, what about Jerome McGinley?" and I say, "Well, you know, when your kid tells you that their favorite player is somebody, and you're like, oh, I raised him well. No matter what happens, no matter how many times the kid swears in church, oh, his favorite player is at least right because his ethics <laughs> are in the right place.' Well." That's what Jerome McGinley is. So uh, did you teach him? Did you get the one-timer from you, Kyle? Not at all. Not at all? That would have come from his brothers. Really? Uh, you? Adam, were you the, uh, you're the oldest, right? I am the oldest. You're, so what, what's, let's go from you because you're 35. You are a coach at Adrian, Adrian College. Yes, sir. Uh, fifth rank. 
Division three? Yeah, we, we finished this year ranked number seven. I've uh, made some appearances in the Frozen Four National Championship game over the course of the last 12 years since the inception of our program. I've, how long have you been there? Uh, I've been the head coach for five years. Really? Yeah. And what, let me ask you this from, uh, so th that's starting at 30 years old. What's, uh, as at a 35-year-old coach, what do, what do you now know imperatively that you didn't when you were 30? Well, that uh, not every season is going to go perfect. Uh, this year we're coming off of uh, a tougher finish this year. We just we didn't make the, N the NCAA tournament, and, uh, you know, that was disappointing. Uh, but you know what? With disappointments come chances and opportunity and adversity, and uh, you know what? We're just working harder. Guys are working harder in the gym this year. We've got more guys, uh, you know, that, that are coming in to fill the voids of the, the nine seniors we lost, but we're, we're excited. Well, I think it's important, too, because I, I want to touch on this, because Division Three, you, you said there's 80 schools in Division Three hockey and 60 in 16. Division One. So to be ranked in the top 10, you know, puts you top 50 in my book, uh, arguably, in, the, in all the country. But when we were talking earlier... I think it's imperative that, you know, what Division Three offers is there's you're not a dead end. You know, hockey's not over. I look at – I'm a late bloomer. You know, I was drafted as a 19-year-old, and I played in the OHL, but um, there's a lot of guys. Do you find that, that you get a lot of, uh, of I guess, uh, guys that maybe didn't make it to Michigan State or Michigan but still – have the talent to move on to the next level? Yeah, tons. Um, you know, I was a guy that, that I played two years at Wayne State University when it was Division One, and ended up at Adrian, played two years there, and, and had, a, had a decent little minor pro career. Got to go to Europe, which was about the experience for me. I was in uh, Romania for my last year, uh, and, and before that I was in the Netherlands. Dad, did you make any road trips? <laughs> not, not to Europe. No? <laughs> no. Not as easy as getting to Boston. No, exactly. Yeah, we'll yeah. get to that. Yeah. A little bit easier. You mean you mean the old boss Kaiser, Bobby Kaiser, who wouldn't fly the plane across the pond? <laughs> Adam, you're the firstborn. Yeah. You're heir to the throne, kid. <laughs> uh, you know what? Uh, we got to revamp the. the I, I, see, I, I guess you know what things are done differently than in the Commonwealth. I'm Canadian, so you know. I mean, I can just you know go back. But that's yeah. did you did you enjoy your few years in Europe? Playing hockey? Yeah, I did. I really enjoyed it. I uh, got to see Western Europe and, and Eastern Europe in two completely different places. So it was more of a geography slash history than it was a... Yeah, it was. The hockey was fun, too. Uh, I, I really enjoyed my time in the Netherlands. We were like 10 imports. So we had uh, you know guys from Boston University playing on my team and guys that, that were major junior guys up in Canada, Quebec guys, uh, Swedes, you name it. It was fun uh, just to find that there's other guys across the world that you can become good friends with. I'm going to one of the guys' weddings down in Charleston, uh, South Carolina this summer. Can't wait. Like, that's going to be a blast, you know. So for me, like, there was a lot of experience. But the, the, the hockey was good. I was able to, uh, to extend my career by a few years and say I did it and get a paycheck doing it. And uh, you know what? It was, it was a really good time for my wife and I, too. She got to go over there, and it, it kind of put the, uh, the nail in the coffin when it came to marriage. a boy. So there you go. Now, now coaching, had you always – thought about it as something you wanted to do? Is this something that is a, um, you're not just coaching a college, you're striving to get to the next level? or Yeah, it is. And, and you know what? Coaching has been something on my brain forever. You know, my dad coached junior A hockey. We were talking about it earlier. He coached tier two when I was a, a little guy. My, my son's over there in the corner, five years old. I remember those days going to the rink and, and watching my dad coach guys like Brett Harkins, Brian Holzinger. 
uh, you know, Ralston, Brian Ralston, uh, tons of guys that, that I was able to be around. And I was like, that's pretty cool. And uh, be able to, to see my dad do it and learn from my dad as a player. And uh, ultimately, you know what, he's retired from coaching now. He doesn't stop. He, uh, he sits up above our bench, and I get text messages between periods. And uh, <laughs> it's pretty fun. But it's all, I've always known I wanted to coach. And, and ultimately, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to progress my career a little bit. But right now, the task at hand is Adrian College and, and trying to win our first national championship. Do you still have some records that stand there when you played? Because you were one of the first teams. You played on one of the first teams there, correct? I did, yeah. Our, our team, uh, the first year of existence, we were 26-3. and three. We got left yeah. out of the national tournament, out of the NCAA tournament. And, and that year was special. I mean, you, you talk about chemistry and family and – Holy cow, that was that was something special. Uh, the next year, my senior year, went 27-1-1 and got left out again. You know, and, and personally, I had a, a, a ton of success there, too. But that, that was fun. Good, good hockey teams, too. Uh, those teams, I would have put those teams up against a lot of Division One schools. Back at that time. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, before I get to the, the patriarch of the family, start down that quest, because that was a great intro. Marty, come over here for a minute to my mic. As you all know... Uh, Friends of Grind Time, and the people who are podcasts obviously can't see, so I'll describe this guy who's taking his time getting over here because he's lazy. You lazy, bro? Yeah. Marty's pretending he's Marty ready to throw the big right. Uh, we have a uh, fifth, and, fifth uh, Project Scissorgate gala going on at the Wyandotte Boat Club on Saturday evening, and he's going to tell you a little bit about it. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, let's Saturday, come join us, find that book club. Uh, it's online $25 at projectsuzidate.org. There may be a few at the door, but I would suggest buying them online. We'll have a taco bar, we'll have a DJ, uh, lots of side and auction items, just a lot of fun. Uh, other families, also they post it in Poonbully, will be there, uh, so you can come and meet them and just enjoy and have the time and help us help others. That's the whole thing. We need to raise as much money as possible so no. we can continue and, doing and what we do. And explain to the listeners about um, what, you know, for example, you went to the trip in Peru and anybody who's followed your journey, what you're able to do with some of this money, you're able to hand to families to be able to get tests. Talk a little bit about that so people yeah. can... Understand. Yeah, we help uh, provide tan packages to newborn families. So those newborns, we reach out to them and help them. We provide college scholarships. We do a lot of outreach, meeting families and being able to travel to different cities and countries and hopefully Europe and others. And that's what the donations go to is hands-on help uh, for people with arthrodiposis and proven belly syndrome. Awesome, buddy. Awesome. So remember that? Saturday night. What time does it start? Uh, 6 p.m. 6 p.m. You going to be dancing again? Always. Always, <laughs> man. You got to come and see Marty shake. It just cause he just does that because he's a way better dancer than I am. Yeah. I know. And he can do the splits, but that's cheating, man. He's been using that party trick for years. Yeah. All right, homie. All right, Marty. It's always God great bless, to see brother. you. Love seeing you. Good luck this uh, Everybody, please get out there. If you're down in the Wyandotte area. Get a chance, area. like you said, projectscissorgate.org uh, for tickets. Uh, you can check them out on Facebook if you need. If you want to uh, uh, get us here, if you're not sure on the Facebook on uh, Grind Time with Darren McCarty, uh, reach out. We'll uh, direct you the right way. 
Um, thanks, Marty, as always, inspiring. Oh, tomorrow morning, Amy Andrews. Oh, tomorrow morning on uh, Fox, uh, uh, Marty is uh, Amy's angel, so on Fox 2. So yes, absolutely. Check it out in the morning. Awesome. I think Mr. J Towers will be there, too. And hopefully Mr. Alan Longstreet will be pre pre predicting a nice day. Um, really always enjoy that. All right. Thanks, Marty. Yeah, thank you. Have a day, See you, Marty. All right, Pops. Yes, sir. Uh, so, how old are you, sir? <laughs> I'll be 61 in a month. 61 in a month. Yeah. Because you, cause, and then, like, as we're sitting here in 2019, and we, and we were going over, there's a photo that uh, was shown. Can I see that photo? Yeah. Evan, can we, like, show this photo? So... This is a photo of Tori and I, Tori Krug, number 47. Yeah, he's that fast. He wasn't that fast back then. I got my hands on him. <laughs> but uh, look at that mullet. That's the D-Mac. That's 93, 94. That is too cool for school. That's the one I'm talking about. All you guys out there who have seen the comedy show, that's the mullet that got everything right there. You got it. But that's Tori Krug. Um that's, uh, he turned into uh, a kid who's got a really good chance to win a Stanley Cup this year Keep as a Boston Bruins. That's for sure. So, yeah, a little bit about, uh, so, obviously, you coached. Uh, you give a little bit of background. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Livonia. Um, I basically played high, high school hockey, played a little bit of uh, club hockey in, in college, now, graduated from Western, never played at Western. Um, actually, I never even tried out, but... Uh, uh, hockey's been a huge part of our life since I've been 10. Now, let's go back. Like, uh, your family, your parents, uh, were my, they hockey fans? My dad was a big fan. Um, were you as big of a hot, like, you, I, this, this is rhetorical. This isn't rhetorical. This is a stupid thing to say. I know you pro you couldn't be as big of a hockey family as you are now, but close. what? how did that start? Because I... Because where does it begin? Because and I'm saying this because I'm sitting across from from Kyle Krug and Perry Volucci, who are probably, if you say, in the um, if if we were in the Hamptons right now, we'd be talking about Kennedys and all that stuff. But we're in Michigan, so we're talking about the hockey family of Volucci's Krugs. Because you know, you, you, uh, Adam coaches, uh, Matt played. Um, we're going to talk to Matt. We're going to give him a call in a few minutes. Um, uh, he's down in Nashville, so uh, and then Tori's Tori's obviously playing in the NHL, and uh, Zach did he play? Zach's the youngest. Never played a game. He was he was a volleyball guy. He saw what the other three went through. He said, "No way." To Gosh, damn it. <laughs> you know what? See, I'm the oldest, so I thought the smartest was at the beginning. But no, that in your family, that <laughs> bottom one, man. Like, I'm mom, with you. Hey, dad got to the first three. Mom got to the last one, and just said, "Hey, let's be a little bit smarter than the rest of them." That's 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 awesome. But volleyball, that's hey, that's an unbelievable sport too. But so, how does it start? How do you? Well, my dad, my dad worked for GM, and uh, he came across a lot of vendors, and he got hockey tickets. He was a big hockey guy. He grew up playing baseball. Actually, he's five foot five. He had an opportunity to play basketball at Olivet. He never went to college, so he went to work and uh, was a real good ball player. Great athlete. Um, he he used to take me down to the, to, to the Olympia. Used to watch guys like uh, Terry Harper, Gump Wars. Who's your guy growing up? Uh, you you got to say Gordy. 
You yeah, know? no, I mean, you, sure, you, you, I mean, you don't have to. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. you can caveat it with, of course, Gordy, but I but also like because usually awesome. when you go like, you know, I mean, Wayne Gretzky. I mean, right. he was the best. But I mean, but Rick Talkett was my guy. So so. Younger, younger version would be like a Gary Younger. Okay, right? yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Gary got traded when he didn't want to get his haircut, right? Gary that Younger, iron, the yeah. Iron Man, uh, so didn't want to get his haircut, so <laughs> they traded him. Yeah, how, how messed up? That, that was a mess. Dude, that's so, but that's, that's, I'm wondering how, so that's, you go down to the games, you fall in love, you have a love of it, just. Yep. Livonia decides to open up an ice rink, and that's the, the hottest thing since sliced bread. Um, I got an opportunity to play. I want to be a, a, one of the first guys picked. I started out as goalie, and uh, I liked it, but I didn't get to hit anybody, so. Oh, we, we so, moved so, so you like, you like to, did, did you play football or did I you? I did play football. You yeah. did. So yeah. you, you're, you're like, uh, you like to smash them up. So now I see, now I see why I'm going, when I'm watching your kid play and I'm going, you don't need to take that hit and he actually <laughs> likes it. So <laughs> it's, they it's used a, to do it to him. Right. Right. <laughs> oh, hey, I'll tell you that. Hey, I'll remember this. Cause then, so, um, and uh, I got to say it now because I'll forget it if I don't, but it's the same thing I told my son Griffin. My son Griffin will be 23, May 20, to this uh, freshman at UCLA. Um, but when I coached him and he was like 12, uh, he's playing in Birmingham or whatever, playing father-son, right? So, I mean, he's 12. This is like 2008. This is like right at the end of my career. So I'm still sort of playing or had to come back. And, and you know, getting a little cocky at that part, I ran him. I mean, I ran him, and I looked over, and I said, "Look good." I said, "Don't worry." I said, "Listen, that." I said, "The good thing that's the hardest you'll ever get hit in your life. You don't have to be scared of it anymore, and, and stuff like that." And I, I hit him harder than I wanted to, but it was clean. But it was one of those things. Is is that because that's the way I grew up? Yeah, and, and I never did anything with Tori or, or really Adam, but uh, I was coaching Matt at the time. Matt was about twelve or thirteen, and. You know, we we're talking about earlier about Tortorella and you know teams. Tortor John Tortorella, the coach of the Columbus, which yeah, yep, right. So uh, Matt was a defenseman. He he was a football player. He liked to hit guys. He was playing up a little bit, and he. Decided- Why is that second one just a spit? And I have a girl. My daughter's the, the the second one is me, and 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 female. Like Matt sounds like it's like you you get because the Griffin's like. The common sense of his mother and, you know, like the skill. He's yeah. got the skill, right? You hit the nail on the head. Right? And yeah. then and then the combination, the third one, it's like hard to figure out, but they find their own way. Oh, he got to watch what his two right. brothers Right. You know what? And then, and then the last one figures out you're all crazy and <laughs> I'm, I'm doing <laughs> it's. But, you know, the, I guess the it, I'm always preaching that grind time with Darren McCarty. Darren McCarty's always preaching self-awareness. And it's amazing how that sort of plays out. Do you, Perry, can you, as far as the way it worked in your family with the, with the brothers? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a, well, that's why Mike, Mike was the fourth. And there's four of us boys within five years. So we, I mean, we literally kicked the shit out of him. He'll tell you that's if he wanted to play with us, right? You've got to. That, that you, was you're gonna, me. You're gonna I didn't get have dirty. the brothers. You're gonna, get, you're gonna get beat up, but you're gonna learn. And 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 I gotta believe a lot of the stuff that he learned from playing with us is what it's helped enable him to be the coach, especially to, to psychological wise. That's a great question. So when did you start coaching? So you so you mentioned you coached Matt, but you did you coach Adam? I did. 
Yeah. yeah, I coached Adam at Little Caesars. Actually, I, I first started, I got into triple play when my younger brother was playing. Okay. All my buddies went off to play senior. I was coaching my brother at, uh, he played for some. So you started coaching at how old? I was, uh, I'd been about 23. Okay, so yeah. see that comes in and was it like, you, you you mentioned that you'd go to the games when you're younger or whatever. You always, what you, you love the, what'd you love about the game? Just the physicality, the the opportunity to score goals, opportunity to hit people, opportunity to fight, and you know there's no repercussion, right? Yeah, you get a penalty, but no big deal. But uh, yeah, I got the, the the big thing is you know I started coaching. It's kind of like a guy who pushed pucks around. Yeah. But then I really had a great opportunity. I, I got to be an assistant coach for Real Turcotte at Compuware. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then I went from Real to a guy by the name of Andy Weidenbach, who, yeah. who's a legendary, right? Cranbrook. Uh, yeah, Cranbrook mm -hmm. High School, coaching OHL. Fabulous person and a wonderful coach, and I, I really attribute my success to them. And then the trials and tribulations of being a coach, you learn. Now, let me ask you this: Is like did it help you being a father, being a coach, to deal with like not to coach, but you're dealing with young men in different ages? But does that help? Because you raising. You raising end up raising four boys, but you're pretty much at the hockey rink twenty four hours a day because the in the hockey world it never really stops. I mean, and and you just you just end up with more kids on your floor, or you end up with you know maybe one last tournament here, tournament there. Yeah, it was a it, it was great. I mean, I got to bond with my kids. You know, at, at, for the longest time, I didn't even coach my kids until. It was probably 19, 1991, 92 when I left coaching junior A to, to coach Adam in a mini Mike or a Mike program. So didn't even coach my kids till then. That's awesome. Stepped away from it and uh, took those experiences, and I think they developed pretty nicely. Now you see, yeah. so the, the the coaching, yeah, no, do you think? Um, <laughs> but like that's the thing is the evolution of the game. And then the, 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 from the game, from not only watching, you know, like you said, back the Olympia days, but also getting in the minor coaching and I'm not even going to get in to, yeah, well, like how freaking stupid is it to have an organization that doesn't let kids hit until the ages that one's going to be five foot, one's going to be six, five, 240. And body checking in hockey is not about, Getting it's it's about taking the hit as much as it is delivering the hit, and it's about properly. You know, when you see kids, a lot of times get hit from behind or wrong, is because they put themselves in a bad spot. Not saying that the person that runs into them, but I, that blew me away when Michigan hockey decided to take body contact. I think it's all uh, USA hockey. That was USA hockey. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, USA. Yeah. I, I'm sorry to Michigan hockey, okay. but that's yeah. Well, they they've <laughs> done some things on their own. I mean, get on the same page. It's, Oh, there, there, there's some goodness, though. I mean, there, there's some things that have happened, right? Like the guys that coached me when I grew up, they were dads. Didn't really play. I mean, I remember learning how to do crossovers. Well, go do crossovers, skate around that circle. Well, now you get into technique. Right. You know, you're going to feel your edges. You know, you bend your knees, get in a sitting type position, that sort of thing. That didn't exist when I was playing. Right. Now you get guys like Real Turcotte, Andy Weidenbach, and I got, remember a guy named Bob Nelson? Bob, not yet. He coached with Tommy Webster. Yeah. Like, he was my assistant at, at um, for the Junior Red. That's funny, dude. So that's, yeah, yeah that's the... This guy the... was brilliant. So I, I, I use an analogy, right, with uh, with Tori a couple weeks ago. 
Adam Graves was struggling playing for the Spitfires. Adam Graves played for the 94 Rangers Stanley Cup team, right? Oh, dude, I um, was there. Played for the Wings a little bit. Wings, yeah. For yeah. all those guys. So he was struggling playing, and, and Tommy was talking to Bob Nelson and said, we got to get Adam off the schneid. What do we do? And, and Bob says, well, Tommy, you were a goal scorer. What would you do? He goes, I'd shoot the puck. He goes, well, there's your answer. Tell him to shoot the puck. <laughs> so he started shooting the puck and started going in for him. And, and I, I used that story to Tori a couple weeks ago. And Simple. the very next game, he scored against Toronto. So it's it's in nine shots on nice goal. In nine shots. And I say, but yeah, <laughs> nice help with that. That's, that's more that's important, uh, right? Whether it doesn't uh, see guys, listen, it's not whether it goes in or not. The thing is nine shots. See, Brendan Shanahan, he said your shooting percentage might fluctuate a little bit, but your average is doesn't lie. What does that tell you? When you're a 10% shooter, if you want to score 40 goals, you got to get 400 shots. There's one of the best scorers I ever played with, and, you know, he'd shoot it from everywhere. That's what, you know, we're going to... Shot Steve, volume. Shot, Steve Shannon's going to be... Shot volume. So, so um, before we bring, you know, before we bring Matt on, so you said that you, know, you noticed, like, coaching Adam. Adam's a different player. Um, than Matt. So Matt was a defenseman, physical guy, sort of built like the old man mentality. The old man could talk to him, could talk to him a little bit more, and and so coaching him was was easier. Matt would listen. The other guys, Adam would Adam would do it. Well, you know, he was he was a pretty skilled guy. Yeah, he did some things that were pretty pretty amazing. I remember he goes up to high school and he's playing in the summer league. He tells his coach, hey, pull the goalie, we're going to do this and do that. He had never played a high school game, but this is in the spring league, and it happened. He said, this is what we're going to do, and it happened. Then I remember uh, he uh, did a face-off play, and he shot right from there. A guy named Steve Tallman was the referee. You, you oh, know I know Steve, Steve. yeah. Yep. So Tori just, or Tori, Adam just rips one, and it, sometimes the goalie caught it, and, and he, he tells the guy across from him, he goes, I'm going to do the same thing. And the guy goes, yeah, sure you are. And Tallman says, I'll give you Coke. I'll buy you a Coke if you do it again. He ripped it. I don't know if you scored or not, but it, it went on that. So, you know, my thing with with uh, with him is, is his skill set. And, you know, Tori being a defenseman, Matt being a defenseman, I've always taught him things I've learned, right? job of a defenseman is to put the puck to the net. Whether you score or not, give your forwards the opportunity. Get it through. Redirect get it. Get it through. Don't get it rebound, blocked. Right? Don't get it blocked. I mean, one of the best, you know, Guys are on it. Nick Lidstrom used to make a living of shooting it off the side of the net. I remember going into Buffalo. Scotty used to always say, "Watch him shooting that puck off the corner. If you hit it here, you know he he was crazy like that. He had different rinks and checked the bounce points and stuff like that. But that's that's the whole. So so back then, that just shows that oh, it makes sense. You're coaching now. You know, you sure. think these are that that where it's like, so. So then Matt, he ended up playing in the minors mm -hmm. and and doing that. Was there so like was there a point where um you know with Tory because Tory's path was uh Michigan State and then he Well Tory's Tory's got a pretty interesting path, right? Yeah, so, so explain he, to the listeners. He played with our, our he played up a year with our ninety honey baked team. We ended up we're the first uh, US team to win the Quebec Pee Wee tournament. Oh, cute. wait, and, I gotta explain. Okay, so this yeah. so that's fourteen year olds, right? Or twelve year olds? Twelve year olds. Okay, let's or thirteen. Well, 12, 13 year olds. Okay, so whatever. So every year in Quebec, right? It's the biggest tournament 
ever, and it's sort of well, the, the things in hockey. Okay, so we're talking about this Quebec. It's a big. If you've heard about the Memorial Cup, that's the Canadian Juniors Championship, right? John O'Gronick, part of the alumni, won it um, with twice. the U.S. Minister back to back twice. To do that, why it's so um, to have a Memorial Cup is because you only have a window to do it. Well. To win a brick tournament out in Edmonton or win a this this peewee tournament in Quebec is like winning a Little League World Series for a baseball player. Right. That's how big that that is. So so for you to say and plus plus people come out, you know that that's the first probably the first look of the where the guys were like. Holy cow! Like you know, girls will come out and watch me play, right? Like, don't get it twisted. There's some incentive at that age. I don't share that anything there, Adam. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember our Pee Wee Quebec. Well, <laughs> You're we, right. Uh, going back girls. to his Pee Wee Quebec here in '97, um, we're playing against the Russians, right? And who's the guy that plays for uh, Kovalchuk? Kovalchuk's on the team, right? Yeah. They were really good. Artie Manatsikhanov. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Artie. Yeah. yeah. Artie was an absolute stud when he played. He, as a peewee, he's passing puck like a pro. You, you've probably oh, dude, and plus it's unbelievable. Yeah, pl- yeah. Strong. Plus he's a big kid, oh. so 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 we're, we're playing these guys, and we we were throwing everything at, at the net. We just couldn't score. We knew they had illegal sticks. We're calling uh, stick violations, right? The people in Quebec, they're uh, what whistling. They're that whistling. was yeah, that they was weren't their, booing. They were booing, but through whistling, right? So we couldn't. We had five on threes. We just couldn't score. Got near the end of the game. They decide they're going to fight us because our team was pretty tough. They decide they're going to fight us. And I was coaching with a guy by the name of Mike Pomish at the time. And uh, all these Russian guys, they keep going out on the ice, keep going on the ice. I've only got, we've got two guys in the penalty box, Adam being one of them. Well, me and Chris Connor, who was a runt too. Yeah. Chris Connor played, Chris Con- played yeah. in the NHL. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Skill. they keep sending guys <laughs> out. And Pomish, and there's no, in the Coliseum, there's no glass behind the bench. Right. And Pomish says to me, he says, Coach, you got to send somebody out. I said, I oh, can't do that. I can't do that. Pretty soon, like, their whole bench is out. And I said, fuck, go. And it was on. And our guys just... Was it like the junior? Was it like Team Canada Russia back in the junior tournament yeah. at Christmas time oh, when Shani played and Corson and those guys? Yeah, so, uh, you know, so it gets broken up. This is of course, guys, remember, this is 1997, so all you millennials out there are wondering why there was fighting in minor league. <laughs> it happened every now and then. We're, we're talking historically here, so it's... it's, uh, it's Don't worry, the whatever they've implemented as far as the the times elapsed you can't get in trouble for it yeah they said so they they saw videotapes of every game at the time right and to this day it's it's on record as the most videotapes ever sold was that particular game <laughs> little caesars versus the what it were what was Red it, Army? Who it so was. who won yeah, dynamo or somebody they beat us yeah, yeah. They, they went we, on we, we won we the brawl they, they won it yeah of course it. i didn't care who won the so. game <laughs> <laughs> well, and everybody thought that we were we had sour grapes because we lost. And what happened was they started it, and our guys finished it. Yeah, you know, but they, we were getting booed off the ice, and like we had a police escort out of the rink. It was it was wild. <laughs> like for being twelve yeah. or thirteen years old, you got a was, police escort out of Quebec too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, allegedly. Yeah. yeah. So getting back to Tori, you know, our team went on to win the U.S. Nationals um, that particular year, and. Uh, he kept who was on that team? Anybody else? Da- that- David Wahlberg, who played for U of University of Michigan. Yeah. Um, uh, Robbie Zarnick, who played at U of M. Robbie Zarnick, yeah. Uh, Greg Wolf plays for uh, Toledo Walleye still. Yeah. 
another guy. Uh, well, actually, Greg Pat was Pat Patterson. Pattern? I don't know if he's on the team. Yeah, he, he's he's in the NHL right now for uh, Adam. Are Minnesota? you on? And you Minnesota. were you on the ice when the no, brawl started? Because we, we got the brawl pulled up here. <laughs> oh, nice. Our two smallest guys were in the penalty box, so You're I don't think. Well, it that's good. <laughs> so we're watching the brawl between. Uh, oh, we're little twelve-year-olds. Oh. Yeah. This was back what you said ninety seven Kyle. Oh, yeah, 97. and you could tell. Uh, and I will, Kyle. I will. <laughs> I will speak to you because there was a lot of time for. A, I've been in a few bench brawls, and there's a lot of time between the, seeing the white jerseys in there. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like it. The goalie square off. Yeah. Goalies went pretty good. Oh, there. the goalie and a player went too. We had tough goalies. <laughs> <laughs> they were good at locker boxing, which is no longer a thing. So kids, Wait, what's like, no, no, I didn't. That. They, they, that's. Yeah, <laughs> you used to put your helmets on and punch each other in the thing. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Yeah, the goalies. Look at the goalies scoring up. Yeah, but how hard? It, yeah, see, here's the thing. Goalie, like, it's like <laughs> they're not gonna hurt each. They both got their gloves on. They both got their helmets on. They're gonna slap each other. Who's that that still wants to keep going? That, uh, I can't even tell who that is. Uh, oh, that was or, or Ryan Petty or what? Probably. <laughs> that was all right. You know, so that wasn't hey, too that bad was, though. Like in, it, it, for, for a bunch of twelve-year-olds. No, that was pretty in good a, in a major yeah. tournament. Yeah. That's not something. Yeah, you know. Hey, you got that going for you, kid. I don't <laughs> got yeah, yeah. Uh, some YouTube you know? clips. Yeah. And, and yeah. hey, listen, you got plausible deniability, bro. You're in the box. I didn't. Hey, we had a bench brawl in junior my last year when I was in Belleville. And I missed it because I was in the penalty box and I wanted to leave. And my coach said, "If you, Larry Mavity was my coach. You get out of that box and I'll beat your ass myself. <laughs> I was mad. So what happens is I get, like, the, the director of that tournament, his name's Patrick Van Dam, and he absolutely oh. hated me. Absolutely hated me. So we go back a few years. 2003 with Tory's team, the Honeybeck 90 team, we won it. I never saw Patrick Van Dam once. So... We went, we've got all these trophies, we're out in the corridor. Here comes Patrick Van Dam. He's coming down the stairs and then the concourse. He's walking by me. I grabbed him and I pulled him into me. I said, Hey, aren't you going to congratulate me? He just looked at me and I said, Get out of here. He just kind of pushed him away. You know? <laughs> so a little bit of, little bit of uh, fun there. Gosh, dang. The more I'm <laughs> hanging out with Kyle, the more he reminds me of drapes. You know, this oh, is starting oh, shit. Hey? Oh, yeah. start, no, but you like to get, it, you like to yeah. get involved, though. Yeah. So that's all good. Well, and, and then with, with Tori, you know, from there on, you know, he, he ended up going to play for Compuor uh, Midget Major, the, the Bell Tire team. We had just won a national championship. Bell Tire team wasn't interested in him. He goes to play for a guy named George Daniel, uh, who Perry knows. Oh, and, yeah. Um, yeah. I was roughing those games back then. Yeah, so the end of the year, he's, he's, he has a nice year. He's paired up with Danny DeKaiser. That's his D partner uh, for Compuor. Yeah. And uh, the end of the year, I've talked to a couple of, of uh, USHL teams. He was going to go out to USHL for uh, Cedar Rapids, uh, just for a look-see, right? And how old is he at this point? He was 16. Okay. He was turning 16. Yeah. 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 Uh, so um, so he, he, uh, he goes to the Michigan Select Camp, and uh, his coach is Jeff Blaschel. And Blash had seen him play, you know, like he's watching our team. Our team was, we won national championships, so, you know, we got a lot of notoriety. Which, which I'm just going to pause you stay here and everybody. Now, Jeff Blasher, who is the coach of the Detroit Red Wings that got re-signed for two years now to everybody. Um, so this is somebody that is telling a story, Mr. Krug is telling a story about Jeff Blaschel and his interaction with his son with him. So... 
this might enlighten people to listen a little bit deeper because of outside. These are outside informations about Jeff Blaschel. Relationships between a, a right, parent where, and a where coach. You, where you're looking to see how it is. So please. Yeah, so uh, I was I then started coaching the 94 Beltar team. Cam Gibson was on that team and uh, that turn that uh, select festival was going on down at Taylor, and I stopped in on Thursday night because I was driving to Toronto to be with my team. And Blaschel came in. He comes out. They just ran a practice. He said, hey, "Kyle, how you doing?" I said, "Great." He said, "I want to tell you, I just did a bunch." He was coaching at University of Miami or Miami University, and uh, he said, "I ran a bunch of Miami drills." I said, "Oh, good, good. That's good stuff." He says, "Your kid did them better than any of my Miami guys." I said, "Really?" And That's so, really what cool year was this? Would have been like uh, not, uh, eighty oh, or oh, no, oh, this seven, was oh, Yeah, it would. Yeah, the, oh, oh, seven. Oh, seven. Yeah. So oh, oh, no, I'm sorry. Oh, eight. It was oh, eight. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, seven. Oh, or so. So oh, eight. So back when I was winning my fourth cup. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he. So uh, Tori but, plays for this guy, and and uh, he's playing defense. He's got a couple hat tricks. So I call. You know, hey, how'd it go? I got a hat trick. Hey, I did this. I did that. So Monday, I get a phone call from Jeff Blaschel, who just got hired by the Indiana Ice, the USHL, new head coach. And uh, he said, Kyle, just uh, want to let you know I, I, I've been hired by Indiana to be their head coach, and I want to invite Tori out you know, for, for a tryout. I said, oh, that's great, Jeff, but uh, we've already committed to going to Cedar Rapids. You know, I know where he stands. We'll get him a look-see in the, in the USHL. He said, are you kidding me? He goes, I want him to be on my team. I go, Seriously, he goes. Seriously, he goes. He goes. Three years ago, last year, I didn't like him. I had him on my team. I'm, he's on my bench. I love the kid. So he goes to camp, and uh, he's, he does pretty well. He's lighting it up again. And it was on a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Tori says, "Hey, Blashell, uh, Blashell wants to see you in the morning." I said, "For what?" He goes, "I made the team." I said, "You know, <laughs> screw you, Tori. That's not true." He goes, "Yeah, that's what I thought you'd say." And uh, he says, yeah, he wants to talk to you in the morning because I told him what you were going to say. And I said, okay. So I get to see him, and I said, Blash, don't mess with me right now. He said, you made the team. And I said, well, what about your owner? Owner's an old uh, IHL guy, yep. Paul Scott, played for Fort Wayne, tough guy. I said, what's your owner think? Hey, the kid's five foot seven at the time. He goes, don't worry about him. I got him. I said, what about your, your head scout? What's his name, Jimmy? Palafito. Palafito. He's yep. with Toronto right now as a scout. Don't worry about him either. I so that's see, kind of and, and, and here's the thing why I bring up when it was because 0708. Because as I'm you know said, uh, exiting the league and the league starting to change, mm -hmm. which is about the time. Did you notice this not only as a parent but as a hockey coach when like the game was getting away? It's like basketball is getting away from the centers, and you're losing my type of guy, which is the the fight and the physical, you know, it's about the skating. Now it's more, as we were talking earlier, earlier Adam, because um, your Division Three team, because when guys get an opportunity to to go to an AHL team or which you've said, you know, the guys going to Rockford or whatever, they plug guys in now. They don't take, when they call guys up, they go, We're, we need a third-line guy. They're not going to take a top guy out of their minors, they're taking the guy to plug and play. Before, when I played, they used to take, you know, the most talented guy and work the lineup. But that's, the game started to change. Would you say about when Tory went there? Because then, like you said, what was he, what is he, 5'7"? Five, five? At the time, he was 5'7". So, I mean, he's just under 5'9 right now. Right. Yeah. Right. I, you know, he's not taller than Baker Mayfield? 
<laughs> he's like five ten. No, be, but did he ever have a problem with his height? Like, did he ever like? Did, like, has oh, yeah. that height ever been a thing for him? Not like, his not his mind. No, that's what oh. I'm saying. Like, cause drapes, drapes it is. He's all bitter. Yeah, cause he's, no, no drapes. He wishes you know he was like five of five eleven and a half. He's not. Tori, Tori's got yeah. Tori's a pretty smart guy. Yeah. He says you know I I can't control that. And there's other things like he'll say I can't control that, so I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to do what I what I do, right? So, yeah, it's uh, so back to Blash. So Tor, so, so Tori's so, seven, sixteen, yeah, seven, and he goes there. So, ten. So this is say you've you've known Jeff Blash for ten years, mm-hmm. and, and from seeing him or whatever like that. Um, give as a as a coach, as a as a parent of a NHLer, as a guy who's played for him. What are your impressions of him as as the coach of the Red Wings? Blash, a great developer. He's he's, he's a guy that. Um, He's intelligent. He, he he knows how to focus on people's strengths. I mean, you look at at some of these younger guys, and you look at a guy like Luke, Luke Witkowski. You throw Luke out there. That was a different team when when Luke's on the ice, right? So effective because the thing listen, and and I it's important for me that you say that because when people hear me say it all the time or whatever, why does this? Why does Stevie keep last? Or why does it make sense? Stevie said it himself in his press conference. He said when when Syracuse played Grand Rapids and he watched the way he's coached, you see the way this Red Wing team's played the second half of the year. Mm-hmm. You know, like things have come full because of the development and because, and it's not just the four horsemen that they talk about, you know, and, and the Hironic and stuff. It's the Wikowski that, that you have just to put in the lineup that can play and not be a detriment and be an asset. And then when he's, when he's not, you know, uh, then, you know, when he's not in the lineup, he's still positive. We bring that up when we talk about your brother Mike and coaching down in Carolina about Zach Stortini, who he used to play, who's a old, you know, tough guy from back in the day. You know, he was young when I came out of the league, so the fact he's still playing, but he's in our lineup and he's told uh, his, or what do you tell Mike? Yeah, yeah. Mike's wife, or yeah. his wife yeah. told Mike's wife that Zach is so happy to play for Mike and he loves his role. And he loves the game again. He how ha- you know, like but those are the hockey things, the cultural things that you have to have the development things to let guys build. And that's so, so important. And you saw that. So did it help that year of development? Cause there's always, would you just say that? Cause there's always Brian drums, my guy. When I went and played junior B, but that that year, 16, 16, it was sort of it was like if you want to make it, you have to do one thing better than ninety nine point nine percent of people. What's it going to be for you? Well, it's going to be playing physical and fighting, and then you do that to establish ever. You look at the track record because I just went by his recipe. First year, you fight everybody, and you don't worry about you work in practice to get better, and you don't worry about the stats. Then you'll get room, fight a little less, do what you have to do, and then by the time you're last year in junior, then you're playing in Belleville, which has Olympic size ice, and no one go near you, so you can wind up at the red line and skate into the crease. You know. Yeah. So you know. So playing for Blash, you know, like the big thing with him is he's trying to teach him to play like Nick Lindstrom, right? Nick Nick wasn't a physical presence. He was a stick. He'd, he'd steer guys where he wanted God. to go, right? Dude, <laughs> handcuffs. They took out the Nick Lidstrom. They put in the Nick Lidstrom rule. Why you can't yeah. jab guys in the hands yes. anymore. We used to call it handcuffs in practice. And he'd 
He'd put you in a in a state. Um, uh, Matt, are you there? Yeah. Matt. Matt, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, sorry, dude. Did you did you fall asleep or were you concussed at that moment or what, bud? Come on. <laughs> no, I you guys on mute. Sorry. Uh, no, that's hey, that's all right. We were just listening. I figured since Perry told me you're on the phone that you can join in. I'm just listening. We get to about your brother's career um, starting out and how Jeff Blash was such an integral part. So, yeah. so we he, got anyway. This is uh, this is Matt. This is uh, Kyle's uh, doppelganger, I guess. Uh, we were talking about you earlier. I don't want you to have to your ears bleeding, but he's uh, even Adam concurred that uh, you know you you're your your dad's type of guy, your type of player. Would you concur with that? Um. Yeah, I think uh, you know during my playing career. Uh, my dad kind of steered me down the more physical path, if you will. Did you, um, did you like it? I love it. Yeah, see, there you go. <laughs> that, that's why I, I said, I Adam, is that why you said he's the right guy? Well, for sure. It's the mentality, right? And if you just heard what Matt just said, he just said love. There was no D on the end. He didn't, it's not loved. He still loves it. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's the, the well, good. Good. All right, we're going to go back to your brother. I'm going to get back to you, but I just wanted to make sure that it was the right mat. That was your test. Yeah. We don't do password tests on here, emails or anything. We we give you the, the old DMAC test. You never know what it is. Yeah, so so, so he, has a good, he has a pretty good year, and, uh, you know, pretty soon by Thanksgiving, he's got like 25, 26 Division One offers. And uh, right around Christmas time, uh, he decides to, you know, a, tell you a quick story he um he always wanted to go to to harvard and he sent him emails he never got a response was he smart never. enough to get in harvard oh yeah, yeah oh okay he, he, was, he, he was the one he got oh, right. oh really dude he's he yeah. got the go he, he got, got the golden job dude he, he got everything hey, Tori, Come on, he has everything so if Tori was here he'd tell you he's the kid with the golden eyes so i'm gonna embarrass him right now right. <laughs> um he's out there listening i'm sure but uh so you know, he's, he says he gets a phone call from Harvard's assistant coach. Says, "Hey, I, I just got done talking to your coach. You got one more visit left." He says, "Why don't you come to Harvard?" And he declined it. Uh, he gets a phone call from Teddy Donato, and said, "Tori, this isn't Michigan State. This isn't Michigan. This is Harvard. You need to call your parents to get on the phone, and you know, get on the phone, call your parents, and get out here." So he calls me and he tells me his story. I go, "I think it's a great idea. You need to go go out there and give him a look." What do you think? And I'm just going to quote it, right? Fuck that. <laughs> I'm going to Michigan State. He goes, yeah. They had their chance, and now they're going to jump on. Now they I want me. It. And he goes, I'm going to Michigan State. So that's, that, that is a grind time. That is so grind time attitude, just sort of like Mac, Mac knowing all God, the family. Man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave here, and I'm going to go get myself a Krug jersey. I mean, it's <laughs> unbelievable. I mean, could you imagine how dangerous I would have been growing up in this family? <laughs> I, I'll tell you what, Mac, knowing this family and, and having reffed them, but, I'll tell you what, that is their mentality. No, but, but, but wait a sec. No, 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 <laughs> let, let, let's break that down a little bit, right? Because it doesn't matter whether we're talking Matt's on the phone, Matt's the, the physical tough one, you're the, you're the dangler, he's the golden child, Zach you know, can spike it like nobody else. <laughs> but that comes down to culture, comes down to family values to whatever is knowing your worth and the appreciation factor of that. Cause I get it. I get it. You had your chance. I'm a guy, like I said, 19, uh, second round, 
Yeah, draft choice was, uh, you know, when you, back in my day, you had to go in the first three rounds before as an 18-year-old and stuff, like, draft rules were different, but it was, like, you know, the way that it ended up, so... God bless you, kid. Yeah. So he, he never got he never got drafted. They always like, hey, we'll see what he does next year. And then uh, the, the Indiana Indiana Annie, uh, Indiana year goes, and uh, they, the scouts would say, well, we'll see what he does at the collegiate level. Collegiate level comes, still no draft. This kid's like devastated. So he gets um, gets an opportunity. Uh, to, so who to came? So so he ends up. Yeah, because here's the thing. Which which talk a little bit more about that. Um, just the fact that you know, and I get it. You, you know, here, give me more. Wait, that's that's good, but give me more. So it's got to get to a point where why don't why does he not? Why does he not like? Not I'm not saying quit. He's too young to quit or whatever like that. But he's you got to have this belief. It's that self-awareness, that belief in yourself that no matter what, right, you have you and the man above, and that's it. But why? What he, in my opinion, he, um, he was always the guy that that had a good D partner, and maybe the guy that was always in the limelight because, well, he's oh, it's big the fan old. If you play with Nick Lidstrom, anybody could play with Nick Lidstrom, and it doesn't, you know, and, and everybody busts. You know, Dandano's stuff or whatever like that. But he played well. You know, you learn how to play from a forward going to a D or whoever else. Obviously, it's not your fault you play with good people, but it's the compliment. Well, it, was, it was a good compliment. And, and and my dad said earlier he played with the Kaiser at, at, at Midget at Compuer. He goes to the USHL, and he, he had a big big Swedish kid, Michael O'Willie, was his D partner. Uh, What's his name? Oh, Willie. <laughs> um, and, and so anyway, yeah, then he goes to Michigan funny. State. It was actually it good. Yeah, and, and so then he goes to Michigan State, and who's he his was D a partner? good old Willie. Yeah. So his deep partner, Michigan State. Who is it? It's Jeff Petrie. So like he's been playing with NHL guys for all these years. Oh c- gosh, could you imagine what the clock total of slap shots are? Of those <laughs> two guys that could bring bombs. Sure, but it wasn't until maybe Torrey's sophomore. It was his sophomore or junior year. After Petrie left, Petrie left after his after Tory freshman. freshman year. So his sophomore year, he really took a step. Like now he's the guy, and then that level of confidence went even higher for him. And then his junior year, it was even higher, and that's when he signed, right? So it was he was always, the, in my opinion, he was a nice piece. Like he was the just as much as that the other guy, his D partner what, was. Who was knew first? Him. When did you know? When he was born. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at his mom and I said, "This one's going to be special." True Dude, story. True you, story. Listen, no, no. Yeah. Explain on this because go to March 26, 97 after that and tell me the story you told me before. March 26, we used to collectively, our entire family would watch, would watch the, uh, the Red Wings. And uh, my good friend played in the Detroit organization. He was buddies with Marty LaPointe. He got me some sticks and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm holding Marty LaPointe's stick in the, uh, on the couch, kind of twirling it during the game. And, and, uh, so this is during so the March 26, 97, March 26. The, the Lemieux Turtle game. So all we're, all in, we're all anticipating something happening to Lemieux, right? And then it happens. And I looked at my family. I said, they just won a Stanley Cup tonight. Mark it down. And, boy, I kind of was right. Dude, it was awesome. What's the, uh, and and uh, I still had the picture of you pounding the turtle. That's in our house. It's not in our family room. See, I, 
See, you know what? That that's you know what? I will take that. That's a great consolation. I am part of the Krug family. Yes, sir. So that, this this love fest between the two right now. I love it. But but you know what? I'm no, saying? but that's what. No, but do you understand? Because now now, have is Boston winning the cup? Have you had that feeling yet? Not yet. No, I, because you, it's that feel. I can't control that. No, I know you can't. I'll support them, but uh, no, no, I know you can't control. But what I'm saying is that you know if you had that feeling or whatever, like they're right, it could happen, and that feeling could come, right? Like it, you it, get it could. Like I thought they're going to win it in 13 when Tori first got called up. I figured for See, sure. Okay, so now I know what the that, now I know other than right coming out is is like the dad <laughs> the dad goggles. What'd you say yeah, about Adam when he was dad. born? What I say? Oh, this here, is great. Come, He's a cute comes. kid. What'd you say about What'd you say about Matt? Matt was a bruiser coming out. He was a bruiser. was he a big kid? Matt was Huge. Matt. They were all over nine pounds, but I think Matt was like nine pounds seven ounces. Well, Matt out. stayed bigger. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So you know what I know? Like, like nine you, pounds, eleven ounces. Not are you? Oh, uh, are you the biggest one in the family, Matt? Yes, I think I'm the biggest crew to ever exist. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, that's unbelievable. That sounds so, like a documentary in the making. Can we look? Yeah, but, can, I, can, but I, I, the problem is I'm not even over six foot. Hey, so. I know. Superfly, can you look up and see if they're, what the, the height total of the tallest Krug ever to exist? <laughs> that is hilarious, dude. You know what, Mac, is, is Tori's like the combination of Adam and Matt. Because Tori's got the, the skill level that Adam has. And he's got the toughness and the grit that Matt has. Because I've reffed them all, I've seen them all play, and I believe me. And and Tori's like the combination of the two. Um, and he's got the brains a, too. I mean, come on, I man. Said, yeah, Matt, so, Matt, what yeah. you end up? You end up. You like me, right? We end up with like scars and broken noses and concussions and all that stuff, right? You know. Yeah, I've had a few surgeries. Yeah, <laughs> that's all right. But you still but, love it, though. That's the whole thing. Is absolutely. That, uh, just and staying on tour, I just yeah. want, I just want to pump uh, Mike Vellucci's tires a little bit. When, when <laughs> we won the uh, uh, minor midget national championship, speak, speak about that. We're talking about Perry's brother, who's uh, HL coach of the year. In the where, what's their series at? Uh, they're up three nothing. They're up two nothing. Just scored. They're up three nothing. Uh, five minutes ago in the second, they're about to sweep Hershey. Right. But, so uh, yeah. and we're having this conversation about um, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna get to you know kenny holland and and the nhl playoffs in a bit but we were having why with some vacancies up edmonton the new seattle expansion why mike Vellucci would make a great head coach and so oh, he, he's won everywhere he's gone right darren yeah I mean, oh, from no. from the computer tier two team when he left pro right yeah did he go right to other tier two team yeah and he won, won from there. Right, because not only is he a winner, but as far as from the parent of a, of a player that coached, it's important to know. So oh, you yeah. said you so, want to pump his tires. Go pump his oh, tires. So he, uh, our team, we had 11 guys drafted, which I think for an American team was a, a, a record for the OHL. 11 of our, our guys got drafted in the OHL that year. And Mike decides to draft Tory in the 13th round. Oh, that's great. So... You yeah, got, no, no, you got to. That's the way the old junior used to work when you back Sally, you back uh, Ali Sally. So the internet, you know, it's, it's kind of fresh. And, uh, yeah. you know, so people are starting to comment. Uh, Bell tire defenseman, Tory Krug, five foot three, 120. And people are going, <laughs> are you kidding me? Why would the Whalers draft this kid, right? So uh, uh, he, he brought him out to camp, went to the rookie camp, and then moved along. We told him he was going to Kingston. 
<laughs> well, that was that was, where, that was somebody asked me. I think it was uh, AJ Jenks's mom asked me. We were at the at the bar there, coming yeah. up here. He goes, "Where do you think your son's going to get drafted?" And I didn't think. I thought Kingston. I didn't think he was going to get drafted, right? So I said Kingston. So the next day, uh, who's the assistant for for Mike at the time? Todd. Todd Watson. Todd Watson, yeah. Todd yeah. Watson says, "Hey, if anybody calls you, you got to let me know because you know we'll move Tory up in the in the in the draft." I said, "Okay." So what happens? I don't know the area code for Kingston. Kingston calls. I go, are you kidding me? <laughs> so I looked at Tori. I said, here's the phone. I said, it's Kingston. He goes, yeah, right. I looked. He goes, oh, my God. He goes, what do I tell him? I said, tell him whatever you want. So here it is. Go on to state. He said, I'm, I'm going to go to try and play college. So, uh, you know, he got drafted by, by Mike and uh, played at CompuWare. Had a, he started to grow, right? And his skills really started to kick in and, and – uh, he goes to camp again. He goes to main camp a little bit for 24 hours or so. Mike says, you know, I don't think we can use you, but why don't you go play in the USHL? I think, you know, by the end of the year, you'll have eight or nine offers. And then by, by Thanksgiving, he's got like 26 offers. So Mike was, Mike was pretty sharp. So he starts calling. He goes, we want Tori to leave Michigan State. Ah, uh, of course he's the yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, so his junior year, uh, Tori no. But that had to be... You know, for as you guys to know, okay, something's up. Like he's, you know, when when the people that matter in the hockey community that you know, cause, so the part about being around it because it's sort of close knit is that if certain people are quite asking about it, like that's the level you get to, then you know, okay, you're going, you're doing the right things. Well, yeah. The funny thing is, he had an advisor at the time um, who. Rick Conley was his coach. He got some phone calls from Steve. Eddie Ward. <laughs> Eddie Ward. No, no. Wow. No, it wasn't Eddie Ward. So leave it alone, Matt. So, <laughs> so, so you get, uh, nice name drop, Matt. Yeah, I'm going to give you a bell for that one. Not, it no, it Eddie. sounds like Eddie Ward don't need a name drop. <laughs> no. So, so uh, Rick Conley calls me and says, hey, I want to let you know that Steve Eisenman has been, been calling about, uh, about Tory. I said, that's great. So I talked to his advisor, who's not Eddie Ward. And said, hey, maybe I should give uh, Steve a call to let him know that you're his agent or his advisor. So he never did. So, uh, so I had a conversation with him later. I said, hey, did you ever call him? I says, I can, uh, I, I can visualize Tory playing on the right point, feeding one-timers to Stamkos. You know what he said to me? All right, Dad. Good job, Dad. That's all he said. He never made a phone call to them, right, to, to Stevie. Right. Huh. So I found out a couple weeks ago that this particular guy never believed in Tory. Well, he separated ways with him, went to his new agent. Then he, go, he goes to the new agent, and uh, within 36 hours, he had an offer from Calgary to, to come and play. Like, they were going to sign him. The owner from Calgary at the time, don't know who it was, was going to fly out to Michigan State and sign him. And Tori said, no, I'm staying here another year. So he had another good year as a junior, and mm. that's kind of the story. So how did he end up in Boston then? Well, why was was did he? Well, he I think he had like five or, or fifteen or sixteen teams looking to scout him or uh, looking to sign him. It came down to Chicago. And I mean, that's the, that's turned into like the thing, and and I, I'll go back to uh, when when in '08 when we won and stuff like that. Um, oh, there he is! Look at that little rat. No, I was pointing that's at Brendamore because Tori's got a Brendamore deal too. And I'll tell you oh, oh, does he? Oh, he, he can tell him that one. Okay. Um, so going uh, going back because Abby came out of state mm -hmm. in like 07, yeah. 
or 08 right playoff or right, right after the national championship and the Kaiser same way out of like guys it used to, it, at the end of my career it started happening where the guys are, that season would end Makar Kale Makar if you watch uh, Colorado game seven tonight against San Jose he um, won the Hobie Baker he's yeah. pretty special dude yeah how good is that call? We're gonna to get to that. Hold on, I don't. I want to get through the Tory thing, talk yeah. too, because no. we get to the playoffs and talk that. But yeah, so so uh, it comes down to Chicago and and Boston. What happened was uh, his season was over. I, I was working for London. My boss at the time was a guy named Jimmy McKellar, who's working for the Hawks. He calls me. He said he called me Kruger. Most people call me Kruger. He called me Kruger. Kruger, a uh, our, the executive vice president of the Hawks would like to meet with you, Donna Joe Lewis, CCHA Plus. Are you available? I said, sure. So uh, his name's uh, Al McIsaac. And uh, I figured we'd go down there for 15, 20 minutes to meet him. We hung off for three hours. And he says, why don't you come back tomorrow? And I told him some stories like, uh, you know, like when Adam played with Artie Manatsikhanov. Yeah. And Scotty and, and Sergey used to come to our practice at Southfield. And, you know, when a guy like Scotty Bowman's in your in your Building. Like I like, like I said, it's like when you're getting the when you see people showing up that oh. are the who's like that just. Oh. I mean, even Perry could figure that one out. Scotty Bowman's <laughs> in the rink, uh, and Scotty knows he's looking at. They don't even try to know what he's looking at because he'll just figure it out. Where he's like, yeah, he's got it or whatever. Yeah. Now, what would I know? I'm only a second favorite right winger in history. He said it to me in front of the strip cocktail bowl. Yeah. Not the Illich party. That's my uh, Hall of Fame moment right there. Perfect. It's like number one. I hope I'm not bad and ran away. <laughs> Thanks, Scotty. That's hey, cool. hey, Matt. Did you used to? Uh, yeah. Did you used to beat up on Tory when he uh, when he was younger because he was a little little? Did you? I used to beat up on Tory? Yeah. I think the um, I used to beat up on Adam. <laughs> yeah. How did it, Matt? So, <laughs> right. Okay. So the it goes. Uh, Adam, you, Tori, then Zach. So how did the how did it, did it speak from your perspective as number two? How's the perspective of of growing up as far as yeah when it came down to you know the household was it was it you guys brawl or were you guys all brawl or who was the team? It was two on two or two on one. Yeah, so how did it work? So like between me and Adam, it was always uh, competitive. You know, I was um, I think I was usually playing at his age level, you know, uh, growing up and whatnot. And, uh, you know, and, and everywhere that we went, you know, it was, uh, you know, I, I was trying to not be the little brother. I was trying to be, you know, just a teammate, you know, to all these guys. And a lot of it was, you know, Oh, well, that's Matt's little brother, you know, or sorry, Adam's little brother. So, um, Anyway, um, you know, we, we got in our scuffles for sure. Well, it was um, growing up. Well, I was, I was just going to say, so the, I'm a big uh, believer the older brother can't lose a fight. You know, like I'd do what it takes. Like, I'd oh, greasy. I I'd get it. I gouge him. I'd do what it took. And there was times where, where I could hold my own, but it wasn't until we were about like 13, 14. There's, a, there's when you know. There's a turning point. I was like, I'm never again. So we, we were playing drop-in hockey at Christmas break once upon a time at, at the Arctic Pond in Plymouth. And... Uh, we ended up having to call my parents and say, hey, Adam's got to go to the hospital. We fought and drop in hockey, Matt and, and I. And uh, my dad walked in that emergency room. He goes, never freaking again. Not in, not in those kind of words. And uh, you know what? He said, actually, you know what? You can do it again if you make it to the NHL. And, and that, that never happened, obviously. But it was always uh, – it, it was always – I love Matt it because there's, yeah. that, there, it's, there's 
Never say never. You so you know what? Like there is there is that one chance. You know, it could be as my grandmother said over my dead body, but there is that one chance when pigs fly, that too, but when you make it to the show. No. Uh, that but that's that's the way that's in my family I didn't it was my two cousins. I didn't have any brothers, but I was the oldest and my cousin Chad who was who who was soft and then my cousin Robbie who's a year younger ended up playing uh, D-line at uh, University of Waterloo, and he he bends steel now and stuff. Nice. He's just, his arms hang on the ground. But if you, <laughs> hey, but if I, uh, if you clap or anything next to him, he'll get a concussion. He's, uh, he's like, you blow, you, you, you cough too loud, yeah. right? Exactly like that. So, but he's always, but it was always those two against me, and, and he's the same way, but you would have to bury him in order for him to quit. Right. You know, I always see, I, ne- I never realized that, that my cousin Robbie prepared me in junior because I used to, Ryan Vandenbush used to always fight me. And he, thank God he wasn't as big as he got because like it was, I felt like, like I could handle him, but All it time. wouldn't, like, next level might not be good. <laughs> hey Matt, how long was your uh, playing career and, and how, you, you retired uh, how long ago? Uh, I think four seasons ago. Okay. Um, yeah, so uh, 2014, 2015 was my last season uh, in the ECHL. Um, I played six years minor pro, and uh, you know, I, like Adam, I played at Wayne State in college. Um, I actually chose to go there just to play with them. Not not too many people can say they played with their brother. That's awesome. Uh, that's, playing college that, hockey. So that's. Uh... You know, those are the things you guys will always share too, and then and and again, that gets back to that. That's culture. You know, it's it's sort of it's the way uh, because it's a different family. You know, you relate it. You know, you guys can relate it, but I relate it to growing up too. Is the way it is, and you take the advantage what hockey's given you so far. Well, that was a huge mistake though that I made letting him do that. You know, he could have played another year for Tony Curtali down in in uh, Texas. And probably had a better opportunity to play at a bigger school, but some things happened at our, our family. We lost my dad, and I think it was kind of an emotional decision for him to come back but, home play oh. with his brother. But if he if he'd have went somewhere else, his career might have been different. Well, right? and to a fault, Matt was loyal, like so loyal that he was like, "I want to play with my brother." Like, and but but Matt, let me ask you: Do you do you regret the decision to do that? Even though because that's you know life, there's different choices in life and i i know that i wouldn't change them to, to, because of the things that i gained not what i lost you know Did, how do you how yeah. do you talk to these guys how do you feel about you know that decision you, you know how your dad feels yeah well i I've, I've talked to my dad about this time and time again you know reflecting on my career and stuff and and yeah things could have been way different <laughs> you know um you know opportunity wise like you know a guy from Wayne State University. I mean, you're you're guy basically from college. supposed to be hawking him like this on the screen right now, bro. You're fighting Alex Millett, and I'm already tired eight minutes ago. <laughs> God dang, you're my type of guy. Anyways, so yeah, c- continue. So story, bud. no, you're fine. Um, so um, you know, looking looking back at everything, and and you know, yeah, I could have played an extra year of junior gone to a school like Ohio state. I think they wanted me to wait an extra year, you know, and, and I just, I was kind of over it. You know, I kind of want to be back home. Like my dad said, my grandfather passed away and, and 
I am a very loyal person and that probably had a big effect on my career, you know, and, and, and would I trade it? No, absolutely not. I wouldn't trade it for anything because, you know, go ahead. No, I was, no, I was just going to say the loyalty says it all because that's who your self-awareness right of who you are right you're not anybody else but you know again the loyalty and because of the situation and 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 i just from seeing how tight your family is and to lose your grandfather where that was more more to you as a person where as saying one of your brothers might have been emotionally able to separate themselves from a situation to look you got to look at the person. So you, that's, that's all right. You know, like you said yourself, the, the Kyle, that sounds like you would make a, a, not like a sacrifice, but one of those hard choices that had to be made that you were, you know, from a, from a coach or parent perspective, I would have definitely would, you know, it was great. He was there for a little bit with Adam, but you know, as a dad now, I said, no way you just go back and play another year and see what you get. Yeah, you know, but you know, I, I I get it, but it, you know, also too is that you never know. Uh, it could it could have ended up it could have ended up differently. I I firmly believe that that everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, I have, hands down, absolutely. You know, I, the one thing uh, you know why I started grind time. You know that I tell Perry grind time with Darren McCarty means that this is my time to talk about what I want and the real, the real parts of life. And for whatever is, I don't need the answers, but I have to have the faith that I'm in the right place. And I get signs because now I can see them. Now I'm aware that, you know, my intentions, I keep my intentions pure and I'm going to get to this a little bit later because there was this unbelievable show of intentions being pure rewarded last night in that St. Louis game. And I'll get to that. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, you know it's one of those things that you, you can't. So, what do you do now, Matt? Um, so was it? So you've been out of the game for for a few years. It, uh, you're done beating up your brother, um, except till Christmas probably. But he's he's sitting here he's sitting here with your nephew on his lap. So I mean, we'll have a summer bonfire at some point this summer. There you go. What are you up to now? Um, yeah, so uh, after my playing career ended, I, it actually was cut short. It was kind of going to come to an end anyway. You know, not too many guys make it to the NHL after 30 years old. Well, so dude, listen, I was 20. Bro, before I, I don't mean to cut you off, you're just, you were 30, you're 20 years too early, too late. Dude, you were, too, I thought I got out, I thought I was 20 years too late. And then I just realized that, holy shit, I got out right when I could. I mean, it was like my tenure right there. Cause I thought you like you and I, we could have played in the seventies and eighties and you could have, you could have oh, definitely sure. had a, had a career back playing in the nineties and two thousands. And I changed. think everybody in that room could attest to that. You know, my, my big influence was Scott Stevens. Uh, you know, Konstantinov was one of my favorite players on the Red Wing, yeah. you know, and you know, I played a lot like that. You got your head down, coming across the middle. <laughs> well, lights out. So I got know? a question. I got a question for you, right? Because this is the problem, in my opinion. You could speak because I'm a forward, and I'm not going to ever speak for a defenseman because I'm just that much smarter. No, I'm just kidding. No, uh, <laughs> no. But so when I used to play, 
what you said was true. If a guy came through the middle of his head down and he got lit up, he's the arsehole or the guy who passed it to him. What the heck? Nowadays, the guy comes through the middle of his head down, he gets lit up, and the guy who, who hit him clean gets in trouble. What's that all about? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, that's why I had 60 fights in my career. <laughs> you know, like, um, you know as, as soon as you make a hit like that, you're turning Somebody's, around and fighting probably the guy well, that passed it to him. Right, yeah, no yeah, no doubt. But it's just, it's amazing to me how in football they've taken away that you got guy comes over the middle and he gets hit by the safety and you know, it's it's the safety's fault. So um I I never got that cuz that was dad didn't you teach that? Oh yeah. Didn't you teach it as a hockey coach? Do you not teach is not one of the things. Listen. You if you're going to take a hit, the safest spots against the boards and if you're going if you're thinking about going through the middle, you better keep your head up and don't, don't trust those. Don't trust anybody. Last, yeah, and, you know, he, he was a middle linebacker yeah. too. So, I mean, he was trained to do that. Oh, dude. So, you have the eye for it. The swoop. Yeah. So, and, and, so you must like Cronwall too because he, like, the, the Cronwallian crush was like the way that he could, because there's an art to it. Right, not only like yeah. people don't really realize. I think when you watch a game and you see a guy like a Scott Stevens, like yourself, like a Konstantinov, um, you know, gonna make that hit. When you're at the game, you can see it develop more than you see it in a highlight. Absolutely, and and you know, football helped me tremendously with that. Like I, I'm a big advocate for, you know, getting these kids out of the rink, you know, and playing multi sports. Oh, hundred percent, and. You know, the kids that don't usually get burnt out, to be honest. And and it helped me tremendously, you know, with playing middle linebacker. Like, I was able to read a play and anticipate where the ball was going. Same thing applies in hockey. You know, you're a defenseman, you're the last guy back. Like, you could be two, three passes ahead and know where the puck's going to be. You know, and, and, and I've had multiple times, actually my last year, I remember it, you know, like it was yesterday, I came back to the bench after crushing the guy against Toledo, I think it was. I was playing for Fort Wayne. And Drew Daniels, he was one of our uh, more skilled defensemen on our team that year. And and uh, he came back. He was my D partner. And he came back. He was Kruger. Like, how do you do that? I go, what do you mean? Like, it was just second nature to me. Right. You know, he goes, well, how did you know the puck was going there? I go, I, I just read the play. Like, if, if the puck's clogged up on the strong side, where is it going to go? Well, you know, that, the weak side. You know what? What you're talking about is uh, what you're talking about is actually a little bit of individualization and the hockey IQ. You know that that's the, what you're missing. Everybody can go fast and everybody can, uh, you know, play position. But the robots these days, you got to be able to to think outside the box to be able to see that because that's the 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 greatness in it. Now I got one question for all of you. Uh, quick answer. Perry Vellucci as a ref. Awesome. He understood the game. He does, the doesn't best. he? He certainly does. Let him play. Can't drop the puck, though. 
Oh, see, Ray? Bullshit, Bro, that absolutely. Oh, he, he's kidding. He, I know he knows. That is so unbelievably yeah. true. Do you know how bad he is at dropping the puck? Oh, Cannot I lay that, that thing flat. You know I what I mean? It's amazing my edge. win percentage is 90% with the way that he can't do, <laughs> drop that puck or anything like that. That is unbelievable. That is oh. true. Adam, did you have periods of rap? I did, yeah. And, and I would actually attest that he, he must have been great because my face-off percentage was pretty good, I'm sure. Thank you. You. Nice. Well, that, 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 so, see, one's coming from a skilled player, and one from there you go. the not as skilled. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, Matt, plenty hey, of Matt, too. Matt. Um, so last night I was refing with Dennis Hextall, former Red Wing, uh, you know, captain of the Wings back in the seventies, and he was commissioner of the the IHL, I believe, at the time. And <laughs> he had mentioned that the hardest hit he ever saw was one you delivered. Uh, was it against Flint? Against Flint, yeah, yeah. Who'd you hit? McCarty. Oh, I'm in Dayton. Is it the kid I knocked out? Yeah. No. You, or, no. Okay. Yeah, that was oh, against Matt, Dayton. You, no, Matt, you got suspended in the playoffs. See, that's a oh, CTE okay. kicking in. Yeah, I, yeah, I know a it's playoffs. a real deal. Yeah, I've had a lot of hits in my day. I not, get, not hey, only. bro, I get it. I got, <laughs> I got dark spots too. That's usually like I usually blame it on Perry. Where am I? <laughs> Who, who's the guy that you told to go back and put his civvies on because he came back? Say that again? From Flint. You're in the playoffs. You told the guy, he, he skated around, said he's going to kick your ass, and you told him to go back in the room and put his civvies on. Do you remember that guy's name? I, I, can't, I can't remember that. That's Anyways, obviously the guy didn't matter. Describe the hit. Did he say what the <laughs> hit was? Open ice hit? Well, he had to suspend him for, for a hit. He thought it was legit. but he That was a hit along the wall. He knocked him. No, that, no. <laughs> so, You've had a lot of hits he, in the days. <laughs> yeah. actually, he actually, see, you and I get along really, really oh, good. Yeah. Bro. He, he hit Joey Mullins' kid in Muskegon like really bad. Like they had the, I think I don't know if he broke his neck, but uh, Joey Mullins' kid was playing in, in the IHL at the time, and he was actually petitioning for Matt to be banned from hockey with his hit in Muskegon along the wall. Really? Yeah. Just in a good, good, clean hit, solid hit. Yeah, the puck yeah. got rimmed, and then uh, Matt Stubbs he read it and he, he yes. lit it, lit him up. You know, and the guy was out for a long, long time. That's that's actually you can look at that on YouTube too. But uh, the guy he hit, um, I remember as I was you know, I was coaching Honeybake Norbell Tire at the time, and uh, a guy named Bill Smith, who's the director of Victory Honda, he told me that he ran into Dennis Hextall and said that uh, he tells me the story, says hey. Smitty, I got I to gotta go. And he goes, where you got to go? He said, I got to have a hearing for a guy out of Muskegon. He goes, really, who? He says, uh, I don't know, a guy named Krug. He goes, Matt Krug? He goes, yeah. He goes, how do you know him? He goes, I know the whole family. He goes, Smitty, I got to tell you, he's the best hitter I've ever seen play the game. And he, had a, he suspended him for one game in the playoffs, and that basically um, kind of ended the season for Muskegon in the playoffs. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, I mean, geez, that, hey, that's some high praise from a Mr. Hack and Whack himself. You go look at Hex. <laughs> and that any Hextall family member. Any Hextall family <laughs> yeah, member, that's yeah. things. Um, so you guys have all been, obviously, uh, this is so stupid. You've been watching the playoffs. Matt, you've been paying attention to the playoffs other than hey, watching your brother? No, I don't watch. You don't? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. So, no, I know. I watch every single shift. Yeah, I like it. Do you now? Do Over you guys, too. Oh, of course you have to. Now, do you have a like a favorite player on the Bruins? I mean, other like other favorite player brother, on the Bruins, other than your brother, or who's your favorite? Do you have a favorite player like in today's game that that you watch or you like to watch? Well, 
I think Adam can attest to this too. Like my favorite guy in the Bruins is Brad Marchand. You know, he, he's just a upstanding guy. He's like the one guy that will go out of his way just to say hello. As a you know, person, if, if I was going to say, yes. you're talking yeah. off the ice. So as, as annoying as he is, obviously as a player too. No, he's dude. He's just <laughs> he's pretty gifted. Oh, dude, he's really gifted, and he and you know what? Like, cause the, the you notice that the the difference with him is that he tight rope walks that line, but he knows how. And it, and it's fishing line. It's not even fishing line. Like those two punches in the head that five years apart or whatever were so like he's so good. He reminds me so much of Ken Lindsman. Back in the day, same, Rick, same that, nickname. Well, right? yeah, that's really, the rat. Yeah, no, 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 rat, but yes. but but and how good of a player. But the, like like cl- like clutch, and then Bergeron. I mean, you can't. But in talking to you, that's I love to hear that that they say that that he's like that. Go out of the way and and because we were talking about the culture, you know that, that that's the thing. Like the wings have to look forward to because Stevie's back because the culture's. Right again, well, but that's why Boston is, you know, in game sevens and these they don't they go out and play. It's guys, we've done it. They've been there. It's well, the culture stems basically from Patrice and, and Zidano, right? Chara is like unbelievable. I mean, oh, he's dude. a freak, right? Oh, but he's a dude. Great, I'll tell you my leader. Chara story. You know how strong this guy is. <sighs> okay, this is what I realized how strong he was back in like two. 2003 or four, I got for uh, Bacardi Cancer Foundation. I got all the captains of the league to donate a stick for a raffle or whatever. So Paul Boyer's got him in the room, and I'm looking at everybody's stick. And then I grab Chara's, cool and not only is it like because it's he's he's had to have a, an okay extension because the stick's so tall. I go to flex this thing. I thought I blew my forearm out. The thing's like steel. If if mine's a 200, his is like a 500. Yeah. I mean, it's like a piece of steel. He seriously is Superman, and it's. I just, I always love, I always love the guy. My other story is when he was in Ottawa. Um, I forget one one of his D partner through the and it was one of these things that I had him lined up, but I, but I let him let him off because he was sort of in a vulnerable position, and and Char was on the bench, and I was sitting on the bench with a face off, and he comes by and he goes, "I see what you did. Much respect." You know, that, and, and I'm like, thanks, big boy. You know, that's really good. You know, when he got his respect, because, dude, like the toughest guy in the league is Dan Ochara. And that's, yeah. but that's him, what you said, much respect. Like, he, he gets it. Plays like, he it right, to, leads it right. Coin, right. I mean, can you see walking around in public and seeing Tori and him hanging out together? <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke when first Tori got called up there on the, on the bench, right? What is it? Bring your son to work day. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Chara is what six seven, six eight, six, six nine, six nine, six nine without skates, and then Tori's five seven five, without nine. skates, five yeah, nine, five nine. We'll yeah. give him five nine. That's still, we'll that, give him five nine. <laughs> that's unbelievable. That's what you see, you know. Like, on, and that's segue into the playoffs because, you know, if we're talking the Eastern Conference settled, uh, you know, the Boston Bruins and the Carolina bunch of jerks. You know, great story there. It's it's. It, it's got to be a good series. Um, and, uh, you I know, so. I got a touch on last night in the Western Conference. St. Louis, Dallas, Game 7. I mean, we were talking before I said, last year I felt gypped because playoff hockey is about overtime. 
right? Not having a dog in the fight because we were in Detroit the last few years. You guys got dogs in the fight because you got blood in the rel- pr- playoffs. So you don't got to, so you only have to stress over those series games, right? You want everything else to be overtime. You want that to be five nothing going into the third, yep. right? Ex- exactly, right? That, that don't care as long as Tory doesn't score until game four. Cause he ain't showing up till you know. He's got to work the time schedule and stuff. But uh, uh, unbelievable. Last night, St. Louis, uh, Dallas, Game Seven, overtime. I mean, I'm what? Did you guys watch the game? Why about the game? Like they're looking at the shot total in the third that, period. Dude, oh. I twenty-five, 25 to, to three. Yeah. Or what? Twenty-five to three because they got the they dumped it in arms. You're right. <laughs> that, they did. Right, right, right. Twenty. But I'm looking at that and and I'm breaking it down. And I'm and I'm breaking it down during the game and watching this and watching this and saying, oh my gosh, which is going to be because usually when stuff like that happens, the home team's like pound and pound, and then the the visiting team gets a cheapie, and then it's all over, right? But that's what I thought was going to happen for sure, right? You just see, and then can you imagine being Jamie Ben today? Oh. And, and and nothing on the play I'm talking about. So Jamie Ben, the captain of Dallas. Before St. Louis ended up winning, I'll get to that. Makes a great forecheck in the corner, deflects the puck off the net, and then drives and goes to tuck it. And like, how much he had a little bit more. I don't. He didn't realize he had a little bit more time. But still, how's that puck? Yeah, how's that puck sure. not go in unless it's like predetermined? Well, you've probably been in that type of situation. You score that nine out of ten times. Well, the puck will go in nine out of ten yeah. times with that much net or, or whatever, whatever else, and then it doesn't, and then down to the other end, right? Yep. To uh, that Thomas kid off the draw, nineteen-year-old Robert Thomas, who's looks like he's gonna just ignite some energy into that lineup, right? Crossbar, and then Patrick Maroon. Okay. Yep. Hey, but here, this is the this is the grind time breakdown of the of the day. Okay, because we're gonna break it down. Because Patrick Maroon, right, is a St. Louis native, yep. born, raised, bred, hockey, everything. Scores the overtime winner for his hometown team that he grew up for to send him to the conference finals for the second time in team history. Right. Think about that for a sec. Now, incredible. Now, now I was thinking about this, and now I consider myself Michigan's or like Detroit's favorite stepson because I'm from across the border. Right. So, but the house I grew up in was 40 minutes, give or take 10 minutes, for the border. Right. So when I scored the goal in '97 to be the cup clincher to bring the cup back, I mean that's just to being a hometown kid or to having that experience or whatever. I mean, this is still huge because the caveat more to the story, if you know the story at all, is Patrick Maroon has, you know, traveled around and and he's played different places. And I think he's been in Anaheim and he's been in Edmonton. And and so the things happen, but he's got a nine-year-old son. And and it comes to a point where he had an opportunity where he had offers from all over. He signed a one-year... $1.75 $1.75 million contract with St. Louis, right? Turned down multiple multi-year deals at $3.5 million, whatever, because he wanted to be in his hometown 
and because he wanted to on September 2nd after his son's birthday to be able to tell him dad's not going anywhere this year. If that's not the faith there uh, up on the screen, yeah. uh, I mean, if you don't think that not only sports, but life or whatever, if this isn't about keep your intentions pure, right? Yeah, there's him back in his Edmonton days. Uh, keep your intentions pure, and that's just about family there. And then, yeah. dude, I mean, that just like. Well, Ellen Schaefer just said, she goes, tell me I'm not the only one who may have shed a tear when they showed him with the son. Oh, I'm not uh, crying. You're crying. Just saying, yeah, yeah no, I'm not crying. You're crying. It's like, right, it's like yeah. the Russian five. You guys no. seen the Russian five? I've seen parts of it. Yeah. Oh, you, you, oh, you want memories? Oh, just, Adam. Oh. I mean, I, mean, I think it's at the Farmington. Not because I take it from PG to PG 13, but. <laughs> um, because, yeah, and Matt, you'd love to see it too because, because of the Vladdy impact. But here's the thing. Um, and this is the caveat to everything. At the premiere. His daughter, Anastasia, I don't know how old she is, probably in her young 30s, probably a little younger than you. And I asked her, I said, hey, how many times has your dad seen the movie? And she goes, I don't know. All I know, he's seen it so many times. All I know is that when he watches it, he goes to his happy place. And also, too, is, is that he sings We Are the Champions at the end. So I don't give a shit about any noise in the middle. Anybody likes it. I told the producer and the director, look at what you did, because that's what it's all about. And plus... Oh, the caveat is it's 100% right. Scotty saw it in Tampa. Scotty Bowman loved it, right? Slavitisov, I heard, saw it allegedly and and liked it. So that's huge. And uh, I implore everybody to see it because especially when you live through it, it'll bring you back. That's and even if you haven't, you know, <clears throat> it's just such a great, great way. And it's great because when we're talking culture and we're talking families, you know, I'm talking to a bunch of 21, 22-year-olds that grew up in a family like the Veluchis and the Krugs. Maybe didn't have sports, but, you know, the siblings all around and educated. So everything's legend, right? Everything's a legend. And to see a movie and to really get the feeling of it, it's unbelievable. But that's so, that Patrick, like, you can't write that. That's, that's stuff like... March 26, 97 for me, where I get to beat up the villain and score the overtime winner to, you know, proverbial catapults. Set the rest of the year up. Yeah. Well, that's uh... Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, you knew. You knew to win the fight, you know, because that was... and But to me, it's just the way that it played out. Because I tell everybody, I go... You know, my a lot of my PTSD is. Can you imagine? Because it was May when it happened till March. So there's ten months, and your best friend and, and whatever, and you're thinking about how you want to literally kill this guy, mm-hmm. right? And then it, I tell everybody, it came to the point in the beginning of March where I just said, I just said, God, just I don't whatever happened, just let me be the messenger. So <laughs> after that fight, or during that time, the fight happened. Did they have the Department of Player Safety? Was that in Was that in place then? They had a discipline because I had to go against Colin Campbell ran it because I had to do a uh, a phone call the next day because I got fined twenty five hundred dollars for that incident. I want what do you think you would have got today? A few games? No, no. Shanny told me I would have got you seven got thirty games. Yeah, no, sure. I would have been no. I would have. I have to pay to play, bro. Dude, I got four <laughs> minutes for rough and ten minutes calling. I was bitching to your dad earlier that I was pissed because we were watching the game again. I was like, yeah, eleven goals, nine fights. Perry's like, there's eight fights. 
No, there's nine fights. Dude, there was only eight because I didn't get a fighting major for that one. I only got one for Denmark. <laughs> no, that's the worst. I think, dude, bro, you understand. See, I can't talk to your brother about this stuff. I mean, he only, I'd have to go back to junior to when I put up points. So, do we call you the Kruganator? Has ever been called that? That would be more of you, Matt. What's your, what's your nickname, man? Yeah, I was called the Kruganator back when I played AAA. Okay, I can see uh, that. I was playing for Concord. Yeah. So, um, so, all right. So here, Perry, here's a great time to give the updates on. We did Ken Cal, myself, Sean Belegian, and Perry picked um, our picks each round, right? Yeah. yeah be, Perry, will, you, will you give everybody at home and uh, people in the crowd, <laughs> you know, sometimes, and maybe you could speak to this, Kyle, about, um, and, and Adam, you too, as coaches, sometimes... You, you reserve stuff. You only give enough to get the lead. You understand where I'm coming from? Go ahead, Well, but You guys are just going to... You, you know Perry. how crazy this year has been, right? Hey. Okay. Um, Start with first. So, so... First place. I think we should build to that. No, you should start with that. Sorry, We're building the last. Because we got a comment. All right, Who's in so first? Mr. McCarty oh, I'm in first. is in right. first but place. With a paltry what? <laughs> with a four and seven record. See, I'm four and seven, but hey, listen, but first place, right? Sometimes. That's all it takes sometimes, right? A four and seven record leading the league in the But we'll see playoffs. what happens. We still got, we listen, have one game tonight. Saying, one they game understand tonight. that it's not, At you know, stage. maybe apropos, but so, sometimes in the schedule, it's like four golf. and seven. It's like golf. Like, thank you. You don't have There's, to be 20 under, right? Thank you. Thank but there's still a few holes left. Beat everybody else. There's a few holes left, right? Beat everyone else, right? See, and you know what? These standings, cor- Perry can correlate well to the golf game because I'm on top, and then keep going. Who's second? Ken Cal is at three and eight. Ken Cal three and eight. Well, yeah, the voice of the red yeah, ones. Yeah, one behind me, and then Sean Belizian. Yeah, he's coming WJR. in. WJR. He's coming in. He's he's coming Michigan in third. Media. What's he at? He's two and nine. Wait a second. The third place guy's two and nine. Oh, boy. Oh, my gosh. Hold on. Matt, you can even do that math out there, right? If the third place is two and nine, Perry, please tell me you have at least one victory, and I know you do because St. Louis won. I, uh, yes. I have one. No, I didn't pick St. Louis. Oh, you didn't? No. <laughs> but I am one and ten. Oh, my gosh. Say that again. Who's your pick? I, I'm one and ten. Who is your pick? I think I threw that paper away, what I picked in the past. Wait, wait. No, no, no. I'll tell you who he picked. It was a, uh easy one. Washington. No, no it was Boston, Toronto. It was Boston, Toronto. Oh, it wasn't Boston. an easy one. I, I took Boston and took seven. the hardest one. Yeah, Anyways, was, so. Uh, it was Boston. And you took Columbus and six, right? I'm sorry. I sped ahead. I did. <laughs> but you guess what? I wasn't the only one. <laughs> no, was- so so then we've got our picks for the uh for the conference finals. All right. Well, since I'm leading, I'll go first. Okay, because you're the only one I don't have the pick down for. So uh Boston, Carolina. Boston. Okay. <laughs> because what? we're here or what? What's that? Because Yeah, why, here? Mac? No. Why is that? I've got a gun over why, 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 here. What do you, wait, what do you think? Because I've been watching Matt's friggin' videos for the past <laughs> ten minutes, and you know what, Perry? It's just but no, I, I again, it, I was talking before, coming into the playoffs with with everything that's gone on and set up in Boston, having home ice for the rest of the rest of the playoffs sets up well with them. I thought what you saw, right, coming in is Pittsburgh being on the decline, where every team gets to a point. Boston's sort of not at the 2002 Red Wings. This is like the last, in my opinion, 
probably the last with this group of guys. Um, the Krejci's, the Charas, the Marchands, the Bergerons, Tukaras, just everybody the way that this culture is. And they've proven not only the leadership from the Bergerons, the Charas, through the team, through the cup winning, you know, you mentioned games, seven games, round one. Seven games, you're not going to rattle them. I, I look at... Bruce Cassidy, and I've watched him throughout the year, and I see him adjust, and I see him adjust himself. It seems like he, you know, is very in tune with his team and what makes them what makes them go. Now, I really like their when that Jake DeBrusque, you know, like they they have some great um, pieces to it, and you know, we were talking about Brandon Carlo and and McAvoy, and and just they have. The right combination. Um, Carolina, I don't believe that with their goaltending can hold up. I didn't, you know, the, I mean, all kudos to McElhaney and Mrazek have played great, but I just think that Boston's too good. Well, you, you look at Mrazek still hurt. Uh, he was skating. But I, I just, you know, but it's going to be a tough series. Don't the Carolina works hard. They got speed and stuff like, and all this stuff, but it hasn't. You know, we saw the last. We saw like Boston physical. It's a different. It's a different. It's a man's physic. It's a man's game. They, you know, they've been able to, especially in the seventh games. Yeah, you look game at- sevens haven't been like it wasn't like last night. St. Louis, Dallas. You know, two teams that it was. You knew that which Boston team was playing game seven. It was oh, it's game seven. It's this. You can't say. They haven't been consistent. There's been some games where it's like regular season Boston team, right? But they have that gear to switch it back. They're a mature so. team, right? They're they, real mature. Abs- mat- yeah. as, as mature yeah. and talented, but has the maturity of the sophomore junior class. Right. You know, like we, they're, and, and we're talking about Marshawn. There's maturity. I don't care what you say. There's, that, you know, there's tests in the line. He's because he's proven. That's what makes him so valuable, is to be able to, and and to chip in and, sc- and play and score. Well, Tuka's been great, but you look at a couple of the moves that Sweeney made at at the trade deadline. Charlie um, Coyle. Charlie Coyle. Yeah, we're it's, we're a Boston kid. We're talking about hometown, and you see how he's come on. He's yeah, dominant in the offensive corner. His puck prote- protection ability it was incredible. It's yeah. off the charts, right? Yeah. You know? He's a big kid. And then Johansson, all of a sudden, he's just like, hit it. Dude, that's, and, the, and that's the now. thing with the right And and when you get those super skilled guys, Adam, I don't care what level they're at, Adam, right? When you get them, <laughs> when you get them with confidence and, and in, cause sometimes you have to, and I didn't play with Adam, so we wouldn't have to insulate you. I wasn't good a, enough to play with you. You're a, <laughs> he actually tried out for Leamington, but that's another story. Yeah, yeah. Well, I never <laughs> played in Leamington, so <laughs> uh, that, that's why I made it. <laughs> 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 Shout out to you, Flyers, yeah. bastards. Um, no, but it, it, it like what were we talking about? About Charlie Coyle? Yeah, he's just he, no, and 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 Johansson. Yeah. So you insulate them and you give them confidence. Pass because he can pass the puck. If your last name's Johansson, you can pass a puck. <laughs> For sure. It's true. Yeah, but you look at that. I mean, Tuka's, Tuka's Tuka. Tuka's been unreal, right? MVP of their team right now. And, and But defensively, how about Brandon Carlo? Yeah. 
like six five, but under the radar, and some guys are starting to notice him. Yeah, no, I, yeah, he is. He's he's sort of, and he's sort of like it. I said, sort of, you sort of see some guys like peek their heads out and act a little bit tougher in the playoffs and stuff like that, and and then you see some guys that like it. You see some. I I see that Dylan kid in uh, San Jose as doing that, and I uh, I I'd call like I I bring his I dial his number. To see if he's for real. Carlo seems like he likes it. You know, you, you introduce some somebody to something new. Oh, I like to play this way. So who you got? I got six. Boston and six. Okay. And then uh Wait, wait. What do you got? I've got Carolina. And what? I say you're right. I, Carolina in, in seven, and yeah, I have to. I got to go with my brother. I mean, you know, your brother's still, in the minors. He's assistant GM still for Carolina. He's still assistant director of player development for them. Also, he's doing all those roles. But here's the thing: the, here's off. the best thing. The best news for them: a one in ten guy picking the other team. You gotta like that. <laughs> I was gonna back you up on that. That's a good point. Right. And then uh, way to go, Perry. Way to turn that then, frown uh, upside down. And then uh, what's Sean got? Sean's got Boston. Did they say how many games? They or? didn't say how many. He's and just Kenny Cal? Ken Cal's going with Carolina. Ooh. Ooh Kenny. Yeah. yeah. All so. right. And uh, then we go we over. Guys, well, let's go tonight. Yeah. Let's go tonight, San Jose, Colorado. I think you got to give the edge to San Jose. Well, I mean, you do at home. Uh, is Pavelski playing? That I haven't heard. Anybody yeah. know? They were he, just showing him with his helmet off in warm-up. Obviously, that doesn't mean he's playing, but right. they were talking about since, him. Since, he looked good. His hair looked good. Oh, dude, that's a sign. <laughs> the hair look. Wait, wait, wait. Was it gelled? Uh, probably. Because, <laughs> you know what? If yeah, he's playing. He's a warrior. That guy, there he is. He, they're getting ready to go out. He's he's playing. He's going. That was yeah. warm up. Ah, that is before warm up. Pre warm up shot, yeah. bro. You can't. Well, you know what that hit reminded me of? Oh, it's the, the wife said she's seventy five percent of play. All right. That, what what what, what it remind you of, Matt? What? What's that? You said, what did that hit? The hit reminded you of something? Oh, yeah. You know what that hit reminded me of? <laughs> uh, or Blades of Steel back when, uh, you know, I don't like poking fun, but <laughs> when you hit the guy in Blades of Steel and he bleeds out of his head. Yeah, Blades of Steel. We yeah. all, hey, and where do we all used to play that? At the rink. <laughs> right? The video game right. at the rink. And, you know, well, date, date yourself. Okay. So the, so we go uh, for St. Louis. Um, uh Ken Kell's taking St. Louis, whether doesn't matter if they play San Jose or Colorado. Okay. Uh, I, I'm going with San Jose because that's my fate, that fate team. And Sean Belizean is going with you on that for the same reason. And Well, we'll see. I took St. Louis. Hey, it's a good thing we don't have to make our finals pick tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I took St. Louis and whoever they face. You know, this might be your destiny for St. Louis. So, so is it what can take? Ken took St. Louis also. So is it Sean and I are the same and you and Ken are the same? Yes. Well, you've been following Ken the whole playoff series, haven't you? <laughs> oh, dude, if you're going to cheat off somebody. After the first round I hey, did. I jumped on him what, after the first hey, round. How does it work in the Krug household? Because obviously in the Vellucci household, they're taught that if you're going to cheat, cheat off the worst person. What do they do to teach you? <laughs> you, you, taught, you taught him that if you're going to look at somebody else's paper, you might as well want to make sure they're smarter than you. I work at a college. I've got no comment. <laughs> well, it's just like Perry. I mean, he's trying to. I mean, like, uh, you got no chance. Be the leader of the. Oh, class. You, are you kidding? No, when you're yeah. 
Tally up the points per round. You get one, you get one for first and two for second. Oh, wait. You got one. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? Like tonight. So you like San Jose? Adam, you? You know what? Not to go against the room, but I... I Colorado's got a little momentum. You don't well, know. I, it, I and I get the hey, we're at home. San Jose, Shark Tank's tough place. I there's get two the, things. Here's here's the two storylines. You want to play Bizarro? Matt, who do you got first before I go to Bizarro World? I have San Jose. Any reason why, Dad? Uh, <laughs> I just think that you know, with with everything that happened in in the first round, I think they're kind of like the team of destiny in the West. You're on the fate runner too, right? That's it. That's the that's the fate runner. It's like after after coming back from three nothing and all that stuff and everything. But here's the two storylines, right? The one we're talking about the 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 fate runner, the game seven at home. This is why you play all year. The hometown crowd. This, but do you understand? Colorado is that team that. They're not experienced enough. They have a, only a few guys that know how big the game is, and the rest of them, man, there was one kid. We saw my car was playing. It was in college there two Month months ago. ago. Yeah, two months Month ago. Month, whatever. Yeah. Um, like they and and if they were gonna lose, or not if they were gonna lose, if they were gonna fold it or to show. From my experience, they're gonna show their. Um, their inexperience, it would have been after San Jose tied it, right? Where the bubble would burst, oh, here we go again, or whatever like that, and even though they're at home. Plus three, Landis Scog's off the snide. He was on 11-game snide. You, you don't need, I, I mean, Rantanen took a big hit last game. Don't know how those Charlies, because we all know those are those ones suck, those Charlie horses. So Especially with the travel. Hey, how do you, like, do you, Give me your guys' opinion on the uh, McKinnon I, speed. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I did, you know I what? That, that. Obviously, we all know he's a pretty good player, but he's on another planet Dude, right now. Dude, like, explain, like, the takeoff. Like, he's, like, shot out of a freaking cannon every time he touches the puck. I think. So I, w- I went down to Columbus for game six of the, the, when the Bruins closed him out, and I, I'm watching uh, Panarin skate, and... It, in person, you can see him when he's away from the puck, and he'd get time, and you just see, like, well, there he goes. But I don't notice that with him on TV. You notice that with McKinnon on TV. Oh, my God. I mean, have you seen... It's also he's faster with the puck. The power. Uh, the yeah. power that guy's Right, got. yeah. It, it, it's the power. Yeah. And, and rip a puck while he's in motion. You know what was a great point Brian Rolston brought up? You speaking that that the director of uh, hockey for Little Caesars, a uh, Stanley Cup champion, uh, former Jersey Devil, Min- uh, Minnesota Wild. I think I got them all in there. Number twelve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, slap shot in the breakaway. Former Boston Bruin too. By former way. Boston Bruin. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. He was saying what makes McKinnon so good is that his la- he's as fast laterally as he is straight away. Like that's what I I try because like I said, me. Uh, <clears throat> We're not. We don't need to talk about the skating because it wasn't really the big deal in my world. Um, but uh, the fact that Anthony Siu, everybody knows here, is super fast. Right. That's straight line. That's you know straight ahead. This McKinnon back and forth, left and right, as fast as can. And I think Adam, you're right. Guys, with that, it's a special thing. You know, there's another guy who used to play there, Joe Sack, that used to shoot off the fly, that Was better he- than anybody else ever. In the history, we always just try to try to emulate. emulate so, right. so the, you know, there's that one, and there's 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 both ways. So I think 
more times than not, it's you know the first goal or could be, you know. Could but be. but you know who knows? You've got. Uh, I mean, this is it's crazy. Well, they're they're in the, in the process of establishing their new culture in Colorado, right? Right. Yeah. Now they got some but, pretty good picks coming but, up. Right, but you uh-huh. know, you know what the biggest thing to their culture there? Getting rid of Wah. I don't care what you say. I mean, it's just like when you have a, like a bad day because Joe Sakic, you know, and Rob or Joe Sakic, like he cares. Mm-hmm. You know, you see the moves that they made and and stuff like that. But that's and and it has to do. That's why we're we're out here in Detroit. Is whatever whatever we're gonna do, it's gonna it's it's gotta be right. And it's not about wins or losses. It's about developing that culture. I mean, in today's day and age, is it not if you get a consistent playoff? hockey team that can you know compete every year in the playoffs and and get because because getting to the conference finals i mean it ain't easy well i'm not going to talk about the bruins but imagine the columbus blue jacket defense playing in the detroit red wings lineup how good would that team be right now oh oh yeah and we're not right they're a bonafide playoff team year in and year out with that group Oh, absolutely. Which it goes to show you, and that's you know where the development where it is, and and I think that's where, um, you know, there's been a a lull here, a lull in Cal- Colorado, Boston, you know, their lull. They never really their ebbs and flows are sort of you know they miss the playoffs and then and and or you know the sub- first round, but they're always sort of the culture never really changes. Does it? There. It doesn't. They, is it they, like what's it like? What's it like around the rink? They, they have it, fun. It, they they have a blast, yeah. and those guys like they you, like you talk each about other? the chemistry. Yeah, it's fabulous. Good. And they all love. I mean, it sounds weird. They all love one another. No, it, it's not weird. They hang out with each other. That's what it is nowadays, old Kyle. Is, yeah. yeah, I mean, that, it's just, that's what you. But that's the incorporation of culture of the old and the new because you have to, you know. Uh, love the guy next to you and be willing to do anything. And that, and that's how you win because you can go into those dirty situations and come out of them a little bit clean. Well, six years ago or so when Tori first came up, nobody lived in the city. Nobody lived in Boston during the summertime. Tori was the first guy to do that. See, that's the... Then you have another guy and another guy. See, and that's another the guy. thing that... The best, the best thing for Detroit this offseason is the fact that these guys are so young and aren't married and they like each other and mm-hmm. it's the same thing here and they hang out and they're going to golf and boat and do all that stuff because they build that bond. Well, and during your cup runs, you guys all live oh, out here, right? Oh, like, yeah. Like, everything together. Yeah. And now you're best friends with all those guys and, and that's still, what... Still, it's your, fam- hit, right? it's your family. It's your family. I mean, that, I mean, if you look around, thank you to Stahl's... Pretty Danny cool. Stahl, Paul, everybody, uh, questions. Uh, they uh, so these are my banners. I hung. Those are great. Yeah, no, I mean like every they get to hang the big big guys. These are my guys. So uh, I'm gonna actually have Ozzy and Maltz in here first Wednesday. Um, speaking of culture, um, it's another thing. Uh, Kenny Holland leaving. You know, Kenny Holland moving on from G. And and I I correlated it to. Uh, Marty LaPointe back and after we won back to back going to Boston, mm-hmm. where they offered him five years, twenty million. How are you going to say no to that? And that's twenty years ago. But were you surprised? I mean, look, and I'll just this is my own personal perspective, right? I'm looking at the uh, the lottery on TV, right? Kenny looked kind of aloof during that entire presentation of the draft lottery. He looked like he was he was there. Then you look at him during the uh, Stevie Y announcement. 
he still didn't look like he was. He looked checked out at the time. So to say that, oh, he just, I went to the Worlds and, and uh, you know, I got the itch back. Yeah, come on. That itch never left. No, I would say not. Well, he's a competitor. But I mean, right? you got to play, you know, you got to say what's right and, and yeah, at the time, whatever, yeah. whatever else. But yeah, no, he, and, and like I said, it's an opportunity to go. And if it's that legacy, plus he's from there. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, it makes sense because it's just the way everything changes or ends. It's part of life. You know what I mean? It's like, if you take it to the extreme of, you know, life and death or whatever, like that, things come to an end, but it doesn't, it's, I call it the infinity circle. You, 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 you close one and it opens and it starts anew. Well, well, and what, what he did here was incredible and and everybody in detroit super oh he's, he right? should go down as one of the greatest red wings and, and for, sure. for what he he, the sacrifice behind the scenes and the sacrifices and what he put together and what he brought like the last couple of years don't define him and and, and ultimately like what's he going to do in edmonton what do you think he's going to do in edmonton he's going to go there and just be like oh i'm on vacation i'm back home no he's going to take everything he learned in detroit yeah. and he he can start over and he's got a clean slate and it's going to be a lot of fun for him i'm sure and, and he's going to do a good job because of the word you just mentioned earlier culture, culture. I, 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 awesome bring it there. There. it's the greatest thing dude you give him like, it just goes to show you you know and and it's the chase management not talent i i think the biggest thing is what you just said, Mac, is that he's in your Hall of Fame. And there, I know there's been uh, Kenny Doubters out there said he really, you know, look at the wings where they're at. It wasn't that good. You know, just signed checks, you know, back in the days to bring in uh, Brett Hall, Luke Robitaille, and whatever. But I think that's the biggest thing is coming from Mac, a person that's been there, part of the organization, knows what's going on. And for him to say what he just did about Ken Holland is huge. Because I think to me that this is any naysayers about Ken Holland, you got it wrong. They don't know. That's it. You don't know. You're not aware. You're just saying stuff. You know, they don't, you know how it is. They don't know everything of it. And um, I love the man to death. Like uh, we call him Uncle Ken. Sure, you do. And and obviously, wish him the best. I mean, uh, Uh oh. Uh oh. A little update here Carlson took a penalty, and McKinnon is coming off the ice. It looks like. Oh, he fell off balance. That would be a Paul Boyer uh, equipment manager problem right there. Shoulder, Shoulder. that. Yeah, and he's not really a bit. Of, he's not a wussy either. Oh, that's that. Well, you oh. don't really want to lead with your face first. All right, I'll pick San Jose and stuff. <laughs> nah, there you go. Actually, so so that's that's uh, 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 Mac and uh, Sean have last round they picked San Jose. Um, and then Ken and I had picked Colorado, so so I might get two. Of them oh, oh Perry well. might get to two. Yeah, I might hey, just extend my. So, uh, want to do a road trip to Toronto? No. Okay. Yeah, but no. For what? No, uh, Charlotte. Charlotte, Charlotte just fan? they just swept. Oh yeah. Charlotte just swept Hershey. Uh, Toronto swept Cleveland, so they're going to be in conference finals. Charlotte and Toronto, and I got a feeling I might be doing a road trip. Yeah, it's an well, easy one. All right. Yeah. yeah. Check with check with your boss first. <laughs> <laughs> it might not be uh, that easy, Adam. <laughs> all right, we got uh, what's uh, so what's on the so uh, are we gonna let Matt go or Matt? Are you still there? Matt, you still there, bud? I'm still here. All all right. Right. I'll hang out. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's it's a it's a correct. What's going down? You're in Nashville. Uh, I'm in Bowling Green, Kentucky, right now at the GM Corvette plant. Ooh, <laughs> how's that? Uh, 
It's all right. I'm trying to wrap up a project we had here. Uh, I'm a project manager uh, for one of their subcontractors, or one of their general contractors, actually. Good. So we, uh, I work for Gallagher Kaiser, your buddy Bob Kaiser. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, we build paint shops and uh, do other paint system stuff uh, for the big three. Do you still skate at all? Uh, yeah, actually, I, I get down to Nashville a bit. Um, you know, before I came down here, I was, I was playing, uh, I think Perry wrecked every single game. Yeah, yeah. Sunday, <laughs> uh, in Thompson Hills. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're, in that, you're in that crew. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I, I had enough when uh, I got, actually, I was playing with, uh, I don't know if you know Dave Crom. Rich Crom's uh, brother. Yeah. Oh, Rich Crom's brother. Yeah, That's all Dave. you got to say. Rich Crom's brother, yeah. Dave. Oh, man, I don't know, but enough said. And Dave's a different level than Rich. Even oh, though, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I played for Rich uh, actually two seasons in my in my pro career. And so, you know, my, I mean, my dad, when he, back when he played seniors, he played with Dave, you know, and, and, and whatnot. So uh, playing for Rich, you know, I respect Rich greatly. Um, I felt like I had to kind of help the guy out, protect him a little bit. Right. Cause he ran around and, and did some pretty crazy stuff to people. So I think every game was uh, game seven of the Stanley cup final for him. Yes. Yeah, and um, Steve Shannon's out there. He can attest to that too. Oh yeah. That's all good. Yeah, so, I got one question for you guys, for all you guys, favorite, fa- favorite food in Boston. Oh, you got to go with pasta. Yeah? Oh, the yeah. pasta? Yeah. Any special spot that somebody who's going there would, or if somebody's going to Boston, not even first time, or was there like some spots that you've, because you've been going there for a few well, years I'll just now. tell you Tori's favorite place, a place called Carmelina's. Italian spot? Yeah. Good spot. Yeah. Yeah, what what dish? What is, what is your favorite dish there? Uh, what do you? I, I'm pretty easy. Like, just, just throw in front <laughs> of me. Does it have some, carbs? I'm in. Throw some spaghetti at me. Yeah, hey, good. hey, dude, can you pass the the, the rolls? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Got any more of that? Got any more of that oil and uh, parmesan? Uh, the other the other place is a place called Monica's, and uh, they just re- revamped their place. Yeah. We walked through it. I went there with a buddy of mine that um, he owns a, a place called Frankie's in North Olmsted, Ohio. Uh, so I took him, we went through the, uh, like the North end tour, which is the Italian area, went through a bunch of different restaurants, went through Monica's up, you know, they redid their basement. The place is fabulous. Watch them make fresh pasta. Oh, took some cool. pictures, some dishes that they had. He's going to take a few of them and implement them back in Cleveland. But it, the place is incredible. It's old style. You, you try to bring in a corporate chain. Corporate chains don't make their way into the North end. No, <laughs> no, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I love I love that. I love that. So, do you have any plans to catch, uh, to see how this round goes, or? Well, <laughs> I mean, you gotta save some money here because if they can make a run, like who knows? Like if they get, if they're up three nothing, that's potentially four times they get to wrap it up. You know, I you gotta save some money. Like you might be flying to San Jose, a couple times. Like who knows? I like it. Hey, yeah. you know what? Talk to the uh, boss. Come on, Bobby. Come on, Bobby. <laughs> Come on, Bobby. Fire up the jet. Bobby, yeah. Bobby, you ready? To go I was for personally trying. Praying for a Boston Nashville final. Yeah, you know, that, that would have worked out, but you know what? Then then down. Perry would be leading the pool. So I mean, you know, like <laughs> it, think about that though. Let like like this playoff year with all the one the top seeds and 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 so like 
like how it's amazing people realize I don't think they realize how good this Tampa team to go out for straight. It's like a anomaly. Like the 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 Islanders Pittsburgh sweep, I get the way the games played out, the way that it, it just sort of you know lo- looked at it. But that especially after being down three nothing, you know, when the first I saw, period. There's one incident I saw. I don't know if anybody else saw it, but uh, it was one of the last games that Heaven played in, and Josh Anderson challenged him. He wouldn't go. I think that just kind of gave the uh, the Blue Jackets that will, like we're taking this over. That's you know we talk yeah, about oh yeah, we talk dude. about your scrap, yeah, right, and the brawl, yeah. It's in my mind, thing. it was the same darn thing. Yeah, and it can be because that's 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 what it used to be. Uh, you know, physical play used to be you know an intimidation tactic because because you know I don't know if you know this or not, but the anticipation of death is uh, worse than death itself. Absolutely, yeah. you know, like you can, and and back in my day, you go out and do it, but get ready because here comes somebody. Yeah. There, there's so many good hockey players out there too. It's oh, like golf. Goal, one nothing San Jose Pavelski. Oh, uh, oh no, hey, Pavelski scored. <laughs> Holy cow! There you go. That's, See, that's hey, like Pat Maroon what? type stuff. Keep there. the intent. Yeah. That's that's right there. That's Patrick Maroon. That's playoff hockey right there. And and if that does what I home crowd Pavelski in the lineup. Hey, Dad, what about if? Uh, the inspirational leader who comes back in the lineup scores in the first period. Is that even better? Huge. Huge. Yeah. <laughs> that might be it's game huge. over. I mean. That could respect. cause. Oh, nice tip. Oh, and he lacrosse it. Wait. <laughs> <clears throat> lacrosse it means when you tip it and it goes like a oh, uh, rubber ball bounces up. So. Yeah. A lot of tips, just they don't do that. That's what goal scorers. Adam, you could probably relate to that, right? A little bit. A, a quick little Joe Pavelski thing. Uh, I played against him in the USHL, and he was a guy at that time, and, and uh, I was a year older than him. I was 20. I was a 20-year-old and overager. He was a 19-year-old. And you never knew he was on the ice. And at the end of each game, he had points. And then you would go back and, mm-hmm. and watch some film or whatever. And he just was always doing the right thing. Like that goal right there, like did he <laughs> skate around anybody dangling? No, but he's in the right spots. He knows where to go. He's smart. He's in a, he's just going to make plays. He's a, he's a freaking hockey player. That's what Brett, hey, Brett Hall said. Everybody knows where the scoring spots are, but not everybody knows when to get there. That's that's the true thing of the, that's a the great goal one. scorers. It's just, and you can speak from coaching. You just see kids that either they have that ability. When they say he's got goal scoring ability, some kids are gifted, some aren't. Yeah, I made a mistake on a kid on his coach in the 99 Bell Tire team. Um, he, he just got drafted by, maybe you can help me out with this one, Perry. Got drafted by uh, uh, Vegas. Went Started at Western, then he switched oh, over to Paul London. Oh, Paul Carter. I'm watching Paul this Carter, kid. Yeah. Like, you're doing your scouting, doing your homework on him, and all this kid does is score and score and score for some reason. Never close a deal on him. And I said, he's going to be a player. And... Boy, was I right. He's not to the show yet. But he's, no, but he's, he's coming. Oh, he's there. Yeah, I mean, I remember he's yeah. a 15 year Are there any yeah. other, like, I love to hear about these things that look, kids look out for, any other ones that you've, like, how do you know as a coach? Like, you, you seem to have a pretty keen eye or a sense of, of you know. You, you just look at their jam, right? And no, yeah, no and it's about guy. the guys like us, it's about the jam. Yeah. Right, Matt, Matt, you can relate to it. I mean, Adam's a skill. Ah. <laughs> Adam this was, Adam was throwing like, his arms this up seems like what? Like, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm just sitting in for one of you. Mac, look at, look at his nose. You don't think he had any jam? Look at that. <laughs> oh, that thing's God. been pretty good. I don't <laughs> think it was all from Matt either. <laughs> no. 
No, no, I, hey, dude, he get in there. Well, yeah, what's funny? What's funny about that too is like we were talking about Marshan earlier, and he gets he takes a lot of crap, right, from all different angles, media. They're all over him. The the breaking the stick thing, like you know what? That was a move that I would have pulled back in the day. And guess who we I learned it from? It. My dad. Oh, yeah. You know what? It was just we played hard and oh and, yeah, and it was within the line. Dude, you hey, the that's you'll appreciate that. Hey Perry. Yeah, man. Perry, I did that to a guy in Port Huron my first year when I was with Muskegon. Yeah. Monticelli was refing. <laughs> I stepped on the guy's stick. Arms went up. Mono comes over. He goes, what the hell happened? I don't know. The guy's stick just broke. Kruger, did you step on a stick? No, I don't know what fucking happened. He goes, Kruger, don't ever do that again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just... The shit, it's the game inside the game, right? right. Like, right. I mean, it's an art. I tell guys in the alumni these days, I go, bro, listen, <laughs> you want to act up? I'm not going to fight you. I said, see these? I get them for free. I'll break every stick you bring out here. <laughs> you know how much they're costing? That's a nice stick right there. Ooh, I, I'll two-handed break somebody's stick. But, you, you know, you look at Marshawn, and you know, who, you know who he trains with in the summertime? Look at his puck protection skill, right? He trains with Sid. Yeah. Those guys beat the hell out of each other. Oh, yeah. Summer. Yeah. No, I mean, and McKin- McKinnon's the same way. He's competitors. Training with them. They're competitors. Well, that's, that, and that's the whole thing. It's yeah. like, it's like a, on the, the thing is, is we want, when we, you compete, you want to beat your brains in, but you have that respect. Yeah. There's a respect. There's a respect there for the competition, but you play hard, and it's a disrespect not to play your best or hardest. Your hardest don't get it mixed up with your best. Your best, your best ain't your hardest, but you can because some days you might uh, trust me. There might only be thirty percent, but you can give it all. Give and, it. Yeah. and you look how the game has changed, right? A few years ago, they they implemented this ADM, right? The ADM model for American Developmental yeah. USA Hockey. Small games, yeah. small games, and go to you know smaller ice sheets. It's great. It's it's the best thing. I was totally against it. Like, this isn't hockey, but you know what? Everybody's doing it. And the players today are so much better than oh. they were. You yeah, know, we, we can agree day. on that. Well, we, we talk level. about, the, Mac and I talk about the skill level. But then again, Kyle, they don't have the head, the, the, you know, the hockey sense that, that so your kids have. It's the IQ and, and the individuality to be able to, you know, the best things, you know, it's the amazing stuff because you practice against the guys all the time. And it's mm-hmm. not the structured practice, so to speak. It's messing around and learning from each other. And, and you know, I mean, I, Datsuk and Zetterberg would play catch with the puck at least for 20 minutes a day. Yeah. Every practice, either before or after, or play one-on-one against each other and do their own thing. And, yeah, exactly. I mean, like, that's the thing. When I play against Nick Lidstrom, the whole, do you think it's not easier playing against mm-hmm. everybody else? Yeah. You know, when you got to chase him around or different, that's what you don't understand is you're only as good. And we understood that as the, the competition and competitiveness and stuff like that. Yep, we, for sure. We used to make things up in the street. Like, and you want to go back to like just childhood stuff with with Tori. He was eight, he's eight years younger than I am. Yeah, and he'd throw the little Fisher Price rollerblades on, which were hilarious. Like, the ones you put your shoes in. Oh shoes yeah, in. yeah, yeah. And he'd be out in the street, and like he'd wear those wheels down, and he would play with us and play with us, and like yeah, like we'd makeshift the game a little bit so that he could keep up. But I think that's how he developed hockey sense. Like he had to play with us. Like the only way he had any chance, and oh. this is like five, six years old, like my, my son right here, five and a half years old. Tori at five and a half could get out there and, and we were thirteen and eleven and our friends were in those ages. And like 
he figured some things out at See, that age. And there's not enough kids because, like, look at my kid right now. He wants, he's trying to play Minecraft on a on a tablet. Like, go outside, play hockey. Well, that's the that's yeah. the whole thing is that, and that's a great, that's such a great point. And uh, Matt, thank you uh, for joining us via the hotline with ten minutes left in the first period, San Jose's lead. And I will leave you to the hockey game, sir. And I look forward to meeting you when you're in town in person someday. Thanks for joining hey, us. Same here. Same Thank- here anytime. All right. Hey, Darren. Yeah, you bet. Thank you, Matt. Um, you know, thank you very much. Um, I want to, uh, as part of, I have something for each one of you. Hold on one sec. Where'd my marker go? While you're doing that, Darren, I just want to say thanks uh, to you for having us on. I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I, me as a, a kid that grew up in Detroit, you know, or as a, as a teenager when you were coming up, it's it's truly fantastic to sit here with you and, and BS about hockey. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I was telling you earlier, I'll never forget your goal in 97 and then and March 26th. Like, those are just things as a kid and now as an adult that you, you really embrace. And it, I hope my son at some point – and uh, I hope my son and my other son and my daughter, like I, I hope they all have memories like that when it comes to hockey with somebody and outside of my brother, Tori. Just other memories that are like, man, like that was amazing. Yeah, but you know what? That the, the whole thing is the culture thing is that I'm not worried about it because you came from uh, or are part of this. That's not a Sharpie pick. <laughs> um, uh, I'll go get one. Don't worry. Um, no, because you you know what it takes. It's the same thing as what I said about that feeling, right? You know what it's around. And so however you incorporate this in this time, it's the principles that are the most important, right? Compete your hardest, you know, never back down, respect your opponent, you know, like all the stuff that, you know, your dad taught you that he learned, that you learned, that you teach not only the players that you yeah. coach, but your kids, the same thing. A lot of, and a lot of it. And I, I don't know if the dad could relate to this or did say is trial and error. You know, what, what have you learned from, you know, it's the, I'm, I'm one that, Hey, you're human. You can make mistakes. Don't make the same one twice. Well, yeah, you, you learn from your failures and that's exactly where I was heading with Colorado. You know, they're going to learn from their failures. I don't think they're going to win tonight, but they're going to learn. They're going to grow from it. And, and anybody in, in industry, I, as a plant manager or a vice president of manufacturing, you learn from your mistake. You're not going to be perfect every night, you know, and especially on the ice. You're not going to be perfect every night. But when you're on the ice, and I've always told my guys this, you can take a day off offensively, but you never take it off defensively. No. Ever. Hey, uh, somebody in the living room, can you bring me a Sharpie, please? <laughs> See if they're listening. Um, Joseph Krug said, let's go bees. That's my nephew. Nephew, okay. Yep. I figured that was in. Darren did. How many? There's a lot of Krugs, and still Matt's the tallest? <laughs> Joe, might be, Joe might be taller. taller. We might have a six ah, one. Ah, nice. Six one to, guy we might have somewhere. to revamp that. It, Joe's mom's pretty tall. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, Matt's pretty, uh, Matt's Matt, the biggest, hardest, strongest. Now, do you have, a, do you have a spot <laughs> where you watch the game? Yeah, my coach. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but is it like, did you, but growing up, would you have, each have your own spot? Like, I was for Hockey Night in Canada. Absolutely. Dude, we'd play mini sticks, 
and on the one side, but you couldn't. We had to be the couch end down. Same thing. Because if the because if the ball went over there, my grandpa and it disturbed the game, or somebody had to run by, dude. He'd start ending the game or whatever. Like depending on how big the game was, or. Yeah, here's the weird. I like watching the game by myself. You know, I used to like it was fun to go to viewing parties, go to the bar with a bunch of people. But now, now is that I, every game or just Boston? Like, can you? Is it Boston because it's Tory? Yeah, and, and you know, like you know, as a dad, yeah, as a former coach, and I've told him this. I I live every shift with you. Yeah, and you know, I'm cringing. I'm this. So that's and why that. you got to watch it alone. Yeah, yeah, and and I'll yell at the TV. And my wife will say, "What is wrong with you?" <laughs> So Cheryl, my wife had some friends over. Cheryl with an S or a C? Well, let's see. She she uh, had some friends coming in from Utah on on Monday. We went to dinner with them, and uh, I said, "Well, you guys want to come over and watch the game?" And uh, you know, the guy's a hockey guy. He says, "No, you probably want to watch the game alone." Well, you know, he was spot on because I don't want to watch the game and embarrass myself in front of others. Right. Because I say some stupid stuff. Right. Unless you're in the comfort of the. You know, like your team, whatever that understand, yeah. that's going to, because like your son, like if your sons are in the room, then you're probably doing something and they both watch it in their own way where yeah. you, you're probably the one more cringy and Matt and your dad are like, you stupid. <laughs> I can just about, I mean, it'd be fun to watch a game. Yeah. You know, I mean. Well, you can tell we're, we're all a bit cut from a different cloth, so to speak. I mean, we're, we're from the same, but we're, you know, a little bit different. Like, I'm probably a little bit more analytical. Those guys are a little bit more well, uh, and, emotional, you know? And it, and it plays off in the way you coach. Here, um, I wanted to give you, Adam, uh, one of my books, uh, My Last Fight, True Story of a Hockey Rock Star. You can read it. To, your son can read it in about nine, eight, nine years <laughs> or so. But I, I wrote that, you know, it's a, it, that's the greatest... What, what, what was your book called that you, uh, your first book you That wrote? was my dad's, Rinkside. That was your dad's, that's right, Rinkside. Okay, yeah, I, Rinkside, I read that. Which, which, did you? Because yeah. that, when, it totally, like, it was great. I just tell Perry because this is like, to get that conversation like with my dad again, sort of, of what Rinkside, because I was looking for the book and I didn't have one, one of those for you, but they, uh, they did this, limited edition for dad for my uh, dad uh after you know we won the cup and stuff like that awesome. so is that cool yeah darren signing this uh full-size poster the raising the cup that's that's yeah. beautiful yeah it says on the bottom uh my dad that, that that's really cool um you know kyle when i when i mentioned to him about you coming on and he was just like perfect i said you know and he's like what about adam and what about matt and <laughs> it's just like yeah you know i mean well because it's what it's about right at the end of the day no matter what when we leave here whatever when people turn this off whenever they will li listen to that or or not hopefully you can put it next to a stanley cup photo that's awesome thank you Darren. thank you, know, you. appreciate yeah, it yeah one last thing i just want i just want to make one comment about about hockey and family you, know, you you look at the different sports and the hockey people, in my mind, and, I, and I've known professional baseball players, professional football players, basketball, blah, 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 but the hockey players, they get it. They can come up and talk to you, and you're not going to blow them off. You're not going to be disrespectful. You might say, hey, can you give me a minute? I remember Chelly. Guys come up to him, and he was as graceful as they came, right? Hey, can you let me watch my kid, and then I'll sign whatever you want, right? But the difference is 
the hockey parents are at the rink with the with the players. The the hockey parents are on the trips with the players, and those kids have the respect from day one. Where the guys, the football players, and etc. I'm not going to bash any any one specific yeah, sport, but you know what? They get dumped off at the field. They get dumped off at the gym. And they're led to run free. And well, wild. you, you're. That's a great point. Great stuff because for you're coming from a from a parent, and and it's a, it leads to. I was talking about the down at the rink today. Well, Ozzy and I are signing autographs. We're looking on the the screen. So in the Balfour, which is the rink underneath the practice rink, mm -hmm. it's Maltz's and Langfeld's. Um, oh nine. Oh nine yeah. team. And and I turned to Oz and I go, can you imagine those tournaments? Because those are the things you remember, right? You you remember as a player, and Adam, you remember this that that going there and it was like mini sticks, or you get to be in a, the hotel. It was like this, and then the parents. There's there's a bonding there too, but there's there's so much to. That's why that's why it gets back to it takes a community. You know, not only to raise a child, but definitely like. The, but in the hot community, raises a bunch. Yeah. You know, how many, like you said, how many uh, extended sons do you have because of hockey, right? Darren, you know what was really neat? I went to, um, when, when the wing signed Ryan Kuffner, a uh, good friend of mine, Ron Fogarty, is the head coach at, at Princeton University, and he was my coach at Adrian College. And we go back years because he recruited me to, to go to uh, Bowling Green. He was an assistant coach there. Anyway, um, you know, life goes full circle. Now we're friends. He's a mentor of mine. Anyway, Ryan Kuffner is a Princeton grad this year. Came right in, played for the Wings. Uh, we went to th that first game. And I'd never gone down as a guest of the Red Wings. I always go down at, at Little Sears Arena as a guest of my brother. Ah. So you, you don't get the you know all the bells and whistles. So we go down there. I, first of all, I, I was in awe of just the whole setup, how it is down there. But it was such a family environment in the, you know, in the, the uh, you know, players, the cafeteria, the, the players' yeah. lounge, like yeah, the weight room, like just there's kids everywhere, there's parents everywhere, there's people coming in and out, and it, and it was it was truly fantastic, and and we didn't have a perfect year at Adrian College this year. We didn't make the NCAA tournament. We didn't win our, our conference championship. The one thing that we're looking at right now is is bringing in all of our players' families for a family weekend early in the year, so they get to know each other more because it's it's community, it's the whole group, and and if our parents culture. are strong, yeah. Like we're gonna be stronger as players, and we're all gonna know more each about each other. That's a uh, culture, yeah. right? It's for it, sure. I mean, it's GM it. brings GM brings you the meat. You got to put the meat together. How? <laughs> not, I think, I gotta go I think that's too. a phenomenal idea. <laughs> no thanks. thanks no, yeah. I, I but, think but, that that. But that's only because that's you know what you're learning because that's what's what's important, and and no matter what, me as a parent would just yeah just to know hey okay when he's talking that. I get this, you know, I see their dad or their mom or, you know, we say that kid's name. You see their parent. You see their house. You see what responsibility or you don't, you know, oh, they're at church or they're, oh, shit, you know, I got a kid go, might be at the bar. You know what I mean? <laughs> like whatever it is, you know. And that's, so if you're going to, if you're going to, and you want to build that culture, dude, that's, I strongly, that's, that's huge. Good luck. And that's a great idea. Because I heard that's what your dad just told you to do. Well, well exactly. Pretty much. I mean, <laughs> the advice, well, in, yeah. in so many words, is that that's what he's found to work and, and what he's seen because his experience in reps, you know, no matter what, it's, it's, that's, if you've been there, been there, done that, got the t shirt, like me, most things, <laughs> yeah. so I can speak on it. Yeah. yeah. As you can too, so.
But thanks for having us on, Darren. No, I appreciate really it. Cool. And, uh, thanks. And, and, nope. and, and this is too, so now that this is only, so if uh, Boston wins the, uh, the, the cops, we're going to get invited to the party. We'll figure it out. Oh, I would have. Wow. wow. That I'm, super I show you, I'm not saying a word. I got to uh, show you how to hold it. Yeah, you sure do. No, yeah, I mean, you, I got, I'm just saying that you might have a friend. I can't see any of the old man. See, no, I'm, right. Try I'm to just, lead him into that. Yeah. Try to lead him into that, and he won't even stay because that is so sacrilegious. <laughs> and that's sort of hockey, too. Somebody asked me, like, if you got a. Uh, uh, somebody asked me, well, if, if a guy knows that his teammate has a superstition or tradition, um, do they mess with them? And I'm like, playoffs? Or, uh, <laughs> or uh, wait, in game? Wait, what are you talking? Like, no. I mean, unless it's like, you know, n- never. Right. Like, you like you got to cut me in line? You're gonna, I'm the back of the bus. Then Nick and Shelly. All right? Now, don't get it twisted. I'm always the last one. I got to see everybody out. Last one off, last one on. Got that mob mentality. Mob mentality. That's Back against it. the wall. I'm like, see what every let's <laughs> go, baby. Because because usually I'm the one that's swinging. <laughs> you know, the rest of them are moving. I'm swinging. No. All right. Uh, uh, Tito Santana. You got anything else? No. Tito's good. Yeah. Perry, what do you got? Uh, I got graduation Friday, Ferris State, Nichelle Marshall, congratulations. Oh, awesome, yeah. Getting right. her diploma with a broken foot. Okay. Congratulations, broke her foot. Got a cast. Mm. Knowing her, it'll match just meticulously with her outfit. <laughs> so uh, congratulations, darling. A uh, lot of stuff here. Great meeting today for uh, Grind Time. Stay with us. Uh, social media coming everywhere, getting things tightened up. Um, like I said, uh, working, working to get the music ready and, uh, give me to the end of the month to get everything, but I see you all. I appreciate you all. I love you all. Remember, 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 no matter how many times you fall down, get yourself back up. That's grind time. We're out.